We are, of course, going live here on Utreon. If you want to join us live on Utreon, it's easy. Go to Utreon, search WMMF Podcast or Who Moved My Freedom, and you're going to see this. We go live typically Monday to Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern to 9, unless there's stuff going on, which happens. If you want to find out about all these um, different ways of joining us or even ways of supporting us, you can go to HankStrange.com. We have a whole brand new website there built by the folks at 2A Commerce. So if you go to the new HankStrange.com, it's built by 2A Commerce. Uh, Lola and I, and by Lola and I, I mean Lola, is uh, <laughs> is adding stuff to that or whatever. So if there's things missing or whatever, Lola is working on it. But the site basically itself was built by 2A Commerce. They did an awesome job. And actually, if you if you need a website built out there, if you're um, a content creator like myself or a company in the industry, you can, um, you know, you can absolutely get those guys to build your site. All right. That being said, I am going to kick off the show here. Let's do this thing. Let's do it. Welcome back to the Hank Strange Situation, Lifestyles of the Locked and Loaded. We wouldn't be able to keep the Who Moved My Freedom podcast going without the support of great companies like Franklin Armory. Franklin Armory provides 100% U.S.-made firearms and awesome binary option triggers. Their focus and purpose is to provide freedom tools to all Americans, especially those in not-so-free states. So when you're in the market, please consider Franklin Armory. All right, ba boom, there we go. Okay, got an extra, got an extra person up in here. Okay, <laughs> we are live. Let's see here. Let's uh, let's start with the jazz hands. Here we go with the jazz hands. I hope you guys and girls out there have your big girl panties on. There, are, there are male big girl panties. In case you're wondering, you know, we call them boxer briefs. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> we are live here. This is episode 853 of the Who Moved My Freedom podcast. And my guests, we are going mano a mano, one on one. I don't know. What's the, what's, what's, uh, mano a mano is hand to hand, Rolando. Mm -hmm. What's one, what's one on one in Spanish? Uh, I mean, uno a uno. But, uno a uno, is that it? Oh, yeah, but, people, but, but people don't use that, right? That sounds no, nah, not really. There's probably a better term for that, but yeah, it sounds really crazy. Know. If you guys yeah. know out there, let us know. <laughs> but my guest is Rolando Puerto Rican Pistolero. What's up, man? What's going on? Not too much. Not too much. Good to see you. It's been a while since you've been on the show. Glad to be back. Uh, to I know that uh, my my lovely wife and uh, better half has been on more recently than I have. Yes, but, uh, I'm well, glad to be back here. You know, I mean. I, I don't know what to tell you, but I, I'm not going to complain. <laughs> hey, she's better looking than I am, so what can I, I can't complain either. I can't blame you either. You know, not that I don't enjoy hanging out with you and your dulcet tones, <laughs> you know, but uh, no, listen, shout out to her. How's she doing? How's uh? She's doing pretty good. She's Joanna probably working doing? right now. Uh, she's uh, she's out of state on, on work right now. Okay. So, uh, but we let the people know. We usually let people know after she gets back from the trip where she was. Okay, so, understood. Uh, yes, uh, you yeah. know, operational security. Opsec, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, she's doing, she's doing well, and uh, and she's having a and she's having a good time so far. She's traveling most of the day yesterday, and uh, she made it safely. And now she's uh, she's been working all day, and she's in a different time zone. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm thinking that she's still working right now. So, all right, cool. Yeah, 
I know that's tough, man. It, it seems, you know, for people who haven't done it, it seems so much fun and so sexy, you know. Oh, I'm out on the road traveling. Mm-hmm. When you do, when you when you're in love with someone, you're married, whatever it is, and there's a certain amount of time that when you're on the road without that person, it starts becoming very painful. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm I'm a little bit more used to it. It's funny. I always thought that I was going to be the one that was traveling a lot mm-hmm. since uh, my dad my dad was in the military uh, all my life. He was in the military for twenty in the navy for twenty five years. So I was always used to that lifestyle of moving every every two to three years and. My dad being gone all the time, you know, usually on six month deployments. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wanted to do that when I was younger, but I, I, uh, I had a medical condition back in the day, which I don't have anymore, but I wanted to get into the uh, ROTC programs. So okay. I'm pretty strict about having anything. So mm-hmm. I ended up getting my engineering degree instead and, and working for, uh, in, uh, in technology for the okay. past uh, 10 or 11 years for the same company. Yeah. It's still an experience. I'm sure you traveled a oh, lot yeah. with your, you know, with your yeah, folks. But, but, uh, but Joe, Joe never really expected to get a job uh, traveling. So, uh, it was, it was kind of a surprise, but it was a, a friend of hers recommended, mm-hmm. recommended her to the company. And she always, she already knew what she was getting into mm-hmm. based on his experience, but, uh, it's a good job and she's got a lot of opportunities and yeah. so, uh, you know, it'll be a sacrifice. I think I'm kind of used to it again because I grew up with that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so we'll see. Yeah, but uh, she she's looking at all the different opportunities there at that company, and eventually she can probably go to a different position where she doesn't have to travel so much. Absolutely, yeah, man. You know, throughout your life, though, you know, things change, right? You know, the way that yep. things go down, it changes, and it's a good thing. So, you know, obviously, sometimes it's tough to do it, but. You know, and absence makes the heart grow fonder, fonder, right? What is it? Absence makes the heart grow fonder, I think. Yep. Yeah, yeah and we always try to, you know, we, we obviously talk every day uh, whenever mm-hmm. she's done at work. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, you know, we can, uh, she takes her Nintendo Switch so we can play video games and do all that stuff. So okay, cool. eventually we'll probably find a way to do, uh, to do the show on the road mm-hmm. uh, with her because she's got the setup to do it. Mm-hmm. So that might be something that we do in the future when we want to do more episodes during the week. And yeah, because she, she usually travels during the week. Who's the ranter out of you two guys? Are you both ranters or is well, I don't know. I, I, I don't know I, why I, I'm asking this question, because I know for a fact that Joanna can rant. <laughs> yes. Well, I guess I was the original ranter. And once okay. Joe, once Joe got comfortable, really mm-hmm. feeling that, well, you know, I can say whatever the hell I want on camera mm-hmm. and, and feel totally fine about it. Mm-hmm. Then uh, she's gotten she's got some pretty epic rants there, especially when it comes to um just a lot of it, Joe was always, I mean, since, since I've gone out with her, I saw mm-hmm. her progression from, you know, being kind of a, a Democrat uh, voter to now being red pilled throughout that entire, you know, 10 or 11 years that we've been mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. And actually it's almost 11, yeah, it's 11 years this year. Mm-hmm. And congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I've seen her progression, how she's gone. And even now it's it, it, each, it seems like every week, well, mm-hmm. I mean, with everything that's happening, even people that have been hardcore red pilled for a while, just we get angry every week <laughs> with all this stuff. Tell people about well, the show. By the way, I see uh, some people talking about you're, you're mentioning military service. Awesome. Um, Edward Andrews says military family, wife and me, uh, U.S. Navy, 23 years. Awesome. Thank um, you for your service. Yeah. Shout out to all the other folks mm-hmm. out there and some fo- other folks saying, talking about, because you mentioned like you, you wanted to go into the military. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, you know, that happens. Um, 
Uh, I, uh, you know, I honor and respect those who served. I didn't serve either. I graduated high school in 1988. And, you know, a lot of my friends went off to the first desert storm. But at that time, I actually didn't have um, a legal immigration status. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So my parents didn't want me like there was two things. I couldn't go to college. I had a full scholarship to St. John's University. I couldn't take it up because of that. And then I was like, well, I'm going to I'm going to go into the military. I did selective service because you have to. And we Mm -hmm. were doing paperwork at the time, you know, to get legal status. But um, yeah, I wanted to go into the military. My parents were like, yeah, you can't do that either. You'll you'll (laughs) you'll mess us up. So I didn't do it. Later on, I learned that that's not really true, because I think there are people who went into the military as a way to help expedite um, citizenship, their citizenship, because I know that Lola's brother he did that. He just recently retired from the army and, um, you know, he, he came here and went right into the military. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that's that. And, you know, I wanted to say there is like this new, we're trying to organize stuff around here, Rolanda. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's easier said than done. <laughs> yeah. So some of this is automated. So I don't know if you could see it on the screen on the bottom of the screen. Like right now it says uh, welcome. So that's for like, you know, oh, cool. we're welcoming you as a guest mm-hmm. here. We're going to talk about you in the time we have left. We've got like about 12 minutes to do that. There's a countdown there. Everyone can see it. Um, people have requested I do a little ding like this. So this is a test ding. If you hear that, Ooh. you hear that there's one minute left, but you can see the countdown at the bottom there, then we'll go to the next subject. And that way you guys out there in the audience can get used to this and you can suggest questions or stuff you want us to talk about, etc. We're doing this on Utreon so we can show guns. So there will be guns. I do have guns here that will show off. We'll see who knows what that is. I just showed there. But but tell the folks out there first. I want to do this because I want to I want to help you guys podcast grow Tell us, uh, you know, what's the name of the podcast? What is it about? And even where's your numbers right now? Yeah. So uh, my wife and I started the Locked and Loaded Latinos podcast in, uh, I think it was July of 2020 now already. Wow, that's crazy. Wow. And so we, uh, we just made it to, this will be our 75th episode this week. And we do it once a week on Sundays on YouTube at 7 p.m. Eastern time. And it's usually for two to three hours. Uh, sometimes if we have guests, it can it easily goes to three, almost four hours sometimes. So we don't really put a cap on that. It's pretty much how we feel, but usually a minimum of two hours. And we talk about pretty much uh, everything, you know, Second Amendment uh, news that's going on, our opinions on it. And then we also talk about pop cultural issues and things like that. Because really our goal was to try to normalize gun culture and show a different side of, of really the gun community. You know, a lot of times you see, well, you know, the media stereotypes the gun community in general. Mm-hmm. And, and, the people, a lot of times, and the people that are in there, they, they, yeah. they make up who's in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And then sometimes even within uh, the gun community, we love to talk about guns so much because sometimes we, depending on where you live, you might be almost closeted or you just don't really have people around you that can talk about guns. So I see that that's, everybody in the gun community really gravitates toward, let's talk about our guns, let's do all that stuff. But sometimes I think to try to bring other people in, you if you talk about movies, games, things like that, and throw the guns in there at the same time and talk about it all, it's kind of a different way to introduce people. And they're like, oh, man, really? These guys are into guns? Yeah. Especially I- seeing a, a husband and wife uh, together doing it. Obviously, you can see our background, what we're into. Mm-hmm. And it really uh, 
it's a cool approach. And I've been seeing more and more, more podcasts lately, not, not necessarily gun podcasts, but I've been seeing more of the pop cultural and gaming podcasts move over to freedom because obviously everything with, over the past few years, the first amendment has really gotten encroached and we've seen a lot of movies and TV shows go woke. So that's waking up a lot of people that maybe they were conservatives or pro second amendment or pro freedom libertarian people before, but they weren't necessarily that active. Maybe they weren't, maybe they were apolitical or maybe they just voted Democrat because that's a cool thing to do, but they weren't really politically engaged. But now that they've seen kind of the cultural war that's gone on, they're talking much more about freedom and things like that. And you have mm -hmm. guys like Eric July, who's been doing that for a long time. Uh, and he really does a great job of incorporating all those things. We got to interview him at Maj's Solutionary Summit in September. Okay. Eric and, July, uh, was, what is what does he do? He is uh, he's he's almost like a libertarian. I guess he's more almost towards the anarchist side of things now. I okay. think that's where a lot of libertarians are kind of going. Mm -hmm. But he's also a musician, so he's part of a uh, of a metalcore group. So he can almost like uh, Lincoln Park is how they sound. He mm -hmm. also does rap. And he right now his big endeavor is because DC and Marvel have gone so woke, he's invested the last year to create his own comic book universe. So he's going to mm -hmm. be unveiling that uh, at the end of this month to okay, really compete against uh, those industries. So he talks okay. about freedom, libertarianism, you know, all that stuff on top of the comic books and mm -hmm. and things like that. Yeah, I'm all about that, man. We need to. There's a couple of things that you said in there that I agree with, right? I think it's good for people to see not only you guys Latinos, you know, mm -hmm. but your folks that are into Marvel, you're into gaming, you know. People need to see that, that the, the people who are gun folks out there are not this one monolithic stereotype of who mm -hmm. we are, not just color, but what we're interested in, the things that we are. I mean, some of us are, are you know, incredibly creative people, and you might think, oh, all the creative people are all, you know, like peace Nazis or whatever, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and yeah. I, I always say peace to people. And I believe like if you, you, if you want peace, if you seek peace, you have to prepare for war, you know, Absolutely. I, yeah, I want my life to be peaceful, but you know, that means you have, you got to fight for it. You have to be able to defend it. And, uh, we are in all kinds of different flavors and all that. So, um, that's a good thing. That's a good thing to show. And then the other thing that I agree with in what you're saying is it's so it's so tough now to find um, entertainment, things to consume, just sometimes to unwind. Right. Mm -hmm. um, that's that doesn't have these, uh, you know, deep seated subliminal messages trying to push us into a corner. It's really tough. Um, you know, you were talking about like Red Pill. Have you guys seen the new Matrix, the Matrix Resurrection? Oh yeah, we talked oh, we talked Lord. about it pretty heavily on, uh -huh. on our show. Yeah, uh, just how bad it was, but it was horrible. I didn't even see the end. It was so yeah. bad. Joe, I Joe just, walked out half halfway through, and then I was like, I fell asleep, I finish, dude. <laughs> I, I got to finish this thing. I'll, I got to see this. You saw the end of that thing, because and oh yeah, it was uh, bad. Yeah, it was but, so uh, it was so bad. I, and I got a haircut today, and my barber was telling me how he was like, dude, did you see Matrix? I say, yeah, yes, unfortunately. He was like, that thing was horrible. <laughs> I don't know anyone that thinks that was a good movie, but I, I fell asleep. Usually Lola falls asleep. I fell asleep. And then I woke up when it was over. I think Lola fell asleep too, but I fell asleep first. Mm -hmm. And then we were like, oh, should we look at it again so we could see the end? And we were both like, no, nope, don't care. Yeah. 
So yeah, I think there there are a few different things that I thought about why why the movie was made the way it was. Mm-hmm. Once I learned a little bit more, it kind of made sense. So I think I think what I think what happened, and they'll never really admit to it, is that I heard that Warner Brothers went to the Wachowskis and were like, "We're going to make a fourth Matrix movie, whether you guys are involved in it or not." Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm, I'm assuming that the one that was probably the creative genius said no, because Lana Wachowski, you know, mm-hmm. the Wachowskis used to be brothers. They, they transitioned yeah. mm-hmm. into, into right. women. Right. They're, they're trans women now. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Or whatever you want to say. Mm-hmm. So they, uh, uh, Lana is the only one that made the movie. And I'm, I'm almost thinking that they didn't want to make the movie and they must have gone to Warner Brothers and were like, you know what? We're just going to make this movie so bad that you guys will never be able to make it. I've heard that theory. Yeah, I've yeah. heard that theory that they made it so bad. But, you know, I mean, why did Keanu Reeves sign up to do it? Why? Why, Keanu? That's If I could talk to – I would love to interview Keanu Reeves, by the way. That would be awesome if someone uh, knows him. Yeah, <laughs> I guess maybe for, a pay, maybe for a paycheck. I know that he gave – Why? He don't need a paycheck? Well, I know he gave a lot of the – uh, a lot of the salary of the first Matrix movie 20 years ago to charity, like 70% of it. So okay. I'm wondering if he does movies now to just give a lot of money away to charity because he's like, you know what? I'm going to get paid millions of dollars. I can give it away to people that can actually use it. No, it's true. Uh, I understand that, but he can make anything else and make millions of dollars. They actually yeah. – so I didn't think – okay, the first Matrix was good. I'm not going to take anything away from the first Matrix. But I didn't think that the rest of the Matrix series was that great on a whole. And mostly, I think the idea was a good idea, and that's why the first one was so good. I've told Mm -hmm. people before that there's a connection between Matrix and the Terminator movies, and that the woman who created that never got the the credit for it. But it just proved, like, the Wachowskis didn't come up with this idea, and the the two follow-up movies prove that. But as a whole, you know, for nostalgia, you can look at all three of those movies and, uh, okay, it's fine, right? But they just completely ruined it now. I don't even want oh, yeah. to see the old movies anymore because they did this. You yeah. know, they really messed it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was just, it was terribly done. And honestly, it was, it was like a commentary on itself, which was really bad to watch. Uh, mm-hmm. It was like hating on itself intentionally. Mm-hmm. And, and at that point, I don't know whether they were trying to make fun of the audience for liking the original movie or just mm-hmm. trying to really just tank torpedo itself completely. Yeah. So it was it was just Well, I think bad. they're mad about the results of the whole red pill. I heard that somewhere that they don't like the idea of how we took which as an artist you're if these guys were even creative, they would know this. As an artist, you create something, you put it in the world, it does not belong to you anymore. It doesn't matter why you created it. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. what it means. Uh, I'm an artist. That's what I consider myself. And that's one of the number one cardinal rules in being a creative person. So, who gives a crap? what they wanted red pill to me. Yeah. I don't care. It means yeah, what and, it means and, now. <laughs> and the movie and the movie didn't even really do anything to remove it because in the end everybody chose the red pill anyway. So it was yeah. they tried to make it like, oh well, you know, this isn't a binary I'm not gonna go down to a binary choice and reduce everything to that. And then it's like, well you chose the red pill anyway. So it 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 it, it was what it was. Yeah. So you you basically almost chose chose to believe it anyway. So yeah. it was it was irrelevant because they knew they couldn't like destroy all of that anyway. Um, I didn't I, like I didn't like yeah I really didn't like the first half of how it it tried to give self commentary. I felt that the Agent Smith, uh, the guy that played the new Agent Smith, mm-hmm. he, I thought he was not not good at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, why did they more, why did they redo the the, the 
a lot well, of I the stuff that... in the beginning is better. It's yeah. it's it like stood on its own. Why do this? You're just erasing it all. You're making it yeah. all meaningless. Yeah. I, again, I think uh, Warner Brothers wanted to crash uh, cash grab, and a, a fourth Matrix really didn't have to be made. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that the video game, The Matrix Online, that came out after the movies was actually canon. So I already knew I already knew Morpheus was was gone. So when they recast him, I was like, I'm not surprised by this because he died in the video game, and they said the video game was canon. So yeah. I already knew that uh, because yeah. in, in the video game, uh, Morpheus was wanted to know what happened to Neo and Trinity's bodies, and the machines didn't want to give it up. So he was like, how am I supposed to believe that he's actually dead, that they're dead yeah. because you guys won't show me physical proof? So he pretty much went crazy and started attacking the machines again, and that kind of broke the peace, and they had to take him out. Absolutely. So, um, let's see here. Let me. I got to hit this first of all. Uh, Aspa Warrior says, Matrix 4 rekindled the mystery of Matrix 1 while somehow holding Matrix 2 and 3 in there despite how lame they got. And he says he liked the commentary on how they're processing their art, the Matrix has been received by the viewership. Um, it, it, this was totally, they didn't have to do this. They could have rebooted it, gotten different people, um, mm -hmm. get actual creative people, or just come up with a new idea. I mean, there's got to be people out there writing. Um, uh, there's nothing new under the sun, but there are different ways of taking things and twisting it and things I would like to see. We don't, we didn't have, we don't have to redo the matrix for crying out loud. I would yeah. like to see a monster hunter movie, uh, from Larry Korea, if anyone knows Larry Korea, there's so many things that Hollywood could be making. Make some of that stuff, please. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, yeah. they made a Monster Hunter movie, but it was terrible. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's not that kind of Monster Hunter. That's a completely different thing. All right. So mm -hmm. we're going to take it's going to be a quick little break here for about 20 something seconds. And we're going to be right back and move on to another subject. Walther Arms has been making concealed carry handguns for over 90 years, starting with the PPK. Today, Walther is based in the good old US of A and still builds quality firearms like the PPQ and PDP for personal defense and competition. So when you're in the market, please consider Walther Arms. We wouldn't be able to keep the Who Moved My Freedom podcast going without the support of great companies like Walther Arms. All right, we back. We're back. Um, and then, by the way, uh, let's see. So, who is this? Uh, um, Armament and Axis says this show is not supposed to be organized. That's why we are here. Um, LMAO. Um, true. Listen, this is not real. This is just like basic organization. And honestly, I am trying to do more to um, help out the companies that are helping us out. Right. I just want to do mm -hmm. more. So I'm including these audio things. And what I'm doing is like in every video, we're shouting out all the companies that help us out. So that's the way we're trying to do it. But visually, people can see that if we go through the logos. But on the audio side, people can't hear it. So that's what I'm trying to do here. Um, you guys are going to see with things going on here. It's don't think that YouTube and Facebook have forgotten about us. I know Babyface said yesterday he had a video deleted. He had another video deleted today, um, and we're going to talk about some of this stuff. Uh, actually, I think we're in the news topic, so we'll talk about this just now. Um, and then he got a strike and all that kind of stuff. We had 40 videos over on YouTube on the Who Moved My Freedom podcast side that got demonetized. Um, these guys are going to use their power, and they're going to come after us. They maybe just took a little break, but they're, they're coming back. So Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you, if you want to add anything to that. Um, you know, I how mean, is it? I, Go ahead. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, how is it for you guys? I know you guys are new. Congratulations on 75 mm-hmm. episodes. That's awesome. Yes. Um, two years. Wow. I can't believe we've known each other this long. I know. <laughs> I know. And you, and you definitely helped inspire us to start a, a, a show. And Happy to and, do uh, that, man. You guys great. are some of my favorite people, man. Awesome. Thank you. You know, in this thing, doing what Lola and I are doing, um, I think that you and Joanna, you're not exactly like us at all, but you, we, there's like a simpatico, I think, with us and you guys. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm, I'm really proud of you guys and what you're doing. You. And, and I want you, I know that you don't, you guys aren't necessarily doing this for money or whatever, but I want you to do this. I think we need you here more than in whatever your jobs are that you make money. And I just, you know, it's too bad that all of this is happening. You guys should be huge. Mm-hmm. You sh- you guys should be massive. You should be bigger than me just based on the fact that there are lots of Latinos out there. I know people might not like that, that, you know, we're talking about that. That's not the way it's supposed to be. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, there's lots of Latinos out there, lots of Latinos buying guns, and they should be very interested in your point of view. You know, there should be more media coverage for you guys, more support and all that kind of stuff. So... Um, how is all that shaking out for you guys? Uh, you know, it's been, it's been interesting because uh, I mean, on, on Instagram, I've seen, uh, Joe's broken, I think like 2,200 now. So she's seen a lot of growth there. And, um, mm-hmm. uh, we've got like 1100 on the locked and loaded Latinos there. We have 702, I believe on YouTube right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, that's and cool. I know so, so you're yeah. approaching a thousand. You guys need to go subscribe yeah. to these guys on YouTube, please. And are you on Utreon? No, uh, I do post our episodes on Rumble as well. And when we break a thousand, I want to try the uh, Odyssey. I've heard good things about Odyssey. Okay. I really like their interface. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, they do a lot of things with cryptocurrency. So they have their own uh, cryptocurrency that they pay out with and do things like that. So I've heard good things about them. I, I kind of want to try them out. I like their app a lot as well. Okay. So Okay. Um, we got to spend some time looking into that. Um, and I know that they they would, uh, I believe that with the way our software is set up, we'd be able to dual stream. So I would be able to do YouTube and Odyssey, and that's probably what I would do. And then if YouTube kicks us off, it doesn't matter because we're still live on the other side. So Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so that would work out pretty well. What's the best way that people could support you guys? Is it by subscribing to the YouTube channel? Yeah, definitely. That's 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 where my primary focus is. That's kind of, uh, it's kind of become my baby, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. And I've really tried, you know, we, we don't have any experience in this, but I think a lot of people have seen how we've, uh, I think we've evolved the quality of the show and the product that we, that we provide for people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's a lot more fun. A lot of it is not just to have cool stuff. It really just makes things a lot easier, especially when you're a novice like us. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've streamlined a lot of things. I really have enjoyed it. And it's definitely something that I would love to do uh, a lot more often if I could. And, you know, like I said, you might not see it in the uh, in the viewer and the in the subscriber count, but a lot of the opportunities that we've gotten are just pretty pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. So over the last year, I mean, our first year off the bat, we went to that Second Amendment rally, and that's where we met uh, a lot of the advocates like Kevin Dixie, Argo J, Tony Simon, uh, and many others, and started uh, good relationships and friendships with them. We were able to go to Shot Show because Argo J invited us there, and that allowed us to meet even more people. And uh, that's where Joe was able to interview and meet Anna Polina. Mm-hmm. And so that really kind of, that, that gave us the first taste right there. Oh, okay. So maybe we can do things like interview people, 
uh, speak to politicians and really spread the word about this and, and make a name for ourselves. Then we started getting invited to different podcasts uh, and things like that. Eventually you invited us on and that's kind of what inspired us to start our own, uh, our own YouTube channel. And since then we've been evolving it. We do uh, video game streams as well on Twitch. Uh, again, we want to expand that demographic and that audience. And we also are, I really want to kind of bridge the gap between like the gun tubers and like the video game tubers and, and the pop cultural tubers that are into freedom and are, might be, you know, libertarian leaning or, or conservative leaning. And that's kind of the goal. I want to uh, kind of work with those groups and expand upon, expand upon that because I think a lot of people have woken up over the last few years and like you said, we have a lot of new gun owners. We also have a lot of people that have woken up to the fact that the First Amendment is also under attack, that mm -hmm. the social media companies are constantly trying to bend, bend their own rules and use that against us. And they're not happy about the success that people in our industry and in the freedom movement have. Mm -hmm. Because we, it's kind of like how radio worked in the 1980s and why the left hated Rush Limbaugh so much. Whether you like him or not, he was extremely successful and he destroyed the left uh, on AM radio. And that basically led to the rise of conservative talk radio, which is pretty much the only arena I would argue besides now uh, podcasting and, and uh, live streaming where conservatives and right-leaning people really just destroyed and dominate yeah. uh, completely. Yeah. So I, I, I would, think it, I would like to, I'm sorry, just, didn't, just oh, no, a yeah. quick interjection. I would love to see some of uh, the money that's in the firearms industry go towards buying some radio stations. Um, oh, yeah. I've like seen stuff like that almost happen in the past and then not really happen. But I think it's a good way to go. We need all we need all mediums. It's really, really important for us to have all mediums. And the idea of, you know, not having opposing views like I don't want to like I don't want the anti-gun people to be to be silenced either. You know, if everything switched around, I wouldn't want those guys to be silenced. We need to have opposing views so people can can figure it out themselves, you know, and figure out who they want to listen to and what they believe and change and, and evolve. That's the, that's true freedom and growth and advancement for mankind, not this nonsense we have going on now. Sorry, I cut you off. No, no, uh, not at all. I was looking at the chat. I saw that uh, AXSPA Warrior mm -hmm. said uh, he'd like to be in that gap. Uh, games and guns are pretty me. So, yeah, I know it's definitely, it's definitely kind of an, I wouldn't even say it's an untapped demographic. It's just mm -hmm. almost something that people aren't really thinking about until recently. I mean, I, I just saw there's another uh, show that we like to watch, uh, Geeks and Gamers and Nerdrotic, mm -hmm. two, big, uh, two big channels that talk about that. Mm -hmm. And on um, Geeks and Gamers, they're actually very close with John Bartolo. And they had him on their show. And I was like, what, John Bartolo? Really? He talks about guns and MMA. And he's on this gaming show. And, and it was pretty cool. And he's like, yeah, I'm a huge fan of you guys. And uh, I got to jump on Sundays. They play Mario Kart online and they stream it. Mm -hmm. And they talk a lot of garbage, which is pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, just to see grown-ass men yelling at each other and cursing <laughs> at each other, playing video games. And it's cool because it's like, well, that's how men are. When they get competitive, it doesn't matter whether it's games shooting competitions, playing basketball. When you're, when you're out there with your boys, you're going to talk crap yeah. to one another and the, you're going to curse each other out and you're going to be okay with it because that's, that's what dudes do. The yeah. reason why they're doing this to us is because people want to hear what we have to say. Yep. If, if they looked at it and said, you know what, people don't really give a crap about these guys. They wouldn't really mess with us. They mm -hmm. wouldn't do what they're doing. They would just leave us alone. 
that they realize that people want to hear what we have to say. And it kind of sucks. I was looking at, um, I forgot whose podcast it was, but I was looking at it and they had MKBHD, Marquise uh, Brownlee on. Huh. Um, you know, he's the guy like I look at on YouTube to find out tech stuff. That's my that's my tech dude right there. Man, and <laughs> his evolution is amazing. He's a man, yeah. He's being awesome like a dorm person. room to now he's got a building basically. Yeah, studio. yeah. I think in Jersey, you know, he, he's he's awesome. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I didn't even get to look at the whole thing, but he they were talking about all these different things that he does. He's doing a podcast. He's doing this thing. He's doing that thing. And I was just thinking, man, this really sucks. And I'm not. I, I'm. I don't hold anything against him or other people that are successful doing other things here. It just really sucks that these guys have decided to put that barrier in front of us. And, you know, for a long time, I've been trying to get the industry to do something about it. It's tough because Mm -hmm. in the firearms industry, especially right now, they're making all the money in the world. They don't even really feel like they need marketing, you know, because those guys are marketing them and all the, the rioting and all the, 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 you know, everything bad that's happening, right, that yeah. you can point to is marketing guns. Because human beings, when times get tough, go to guns. Mm-hmm. They go to a lot of other things that we could discuss, but they definitely go to guns. So, you know, it, it's – I wish that the industry would think a little bit uh, more forward and um, and and make some investments in this stuff. And I think there are, there are people – and I don't want to say that there's not people – in the industry doing it at all, because that's not true. Yeah. Um, you know, we've seen recently that PSA has done some big things, mm-hmm. you know, and getting involved in a lot of stuff. And I think there may be a couple of other companies behind the scenes, but we need to see that more and more because we are a legit part of culture and society. And like you said, freedom. So let's go to some new stuff since we're in the new, we got to do something in the news topic. Anything that you would like to talk about that's news right now? I was trying to see if the Supreme Court had already ruled on the jabs, but uh, I don't think that they're still battling over that, which is that doesn't necessarily bode well at all if they haven't made a decision yet. Yeah. So here's my OK. That's something we, we should definitely look up. Um, here's something I um, let's see. How do I do this here? Yeah. So uh, Ammo Land had this. And let me see. Can I share that? You guys. No. OK. Hold on. Um, here we go. That should be doing it. Okay. So this was on ammo land. Ghost gunner launches the 0% gun receiver, um, metal to be banned next. So, (laughs) um, this is from, uh, this is from John Crump and this is actually hit gun news. So this would be the biggest gun news thing going on today. Um, you know, uh, the group that kicked off the 3d printing of firearms is preemptively struck back against any new regulations by the ATF. Uh, banning the sale of 80% receivers. Defense Distributed launched their new 0% receivers a week before SHOT Show. The code for the 0% receivers will be available for the Ghost Gunner 3 without the need for expensive upgrades. Um, (laughs) The ATF unfinished receiver rule is irrelevant before even being published. This is a quote from Cody Wilson. Um, Defense Distributed is the brainchild of crypto anarchist Cody Wilson. Mr. Wilson rose to fame for printing one of the first, if not the first, 3D printed gun known as the Liberator, um, it, it fired 380 ACP, etc. So, what do you think about this? Zero, zero percent. I, I just can't believe that it's only five hundred dollars. That's what I can't believe. That is absolutely insanely inexpensive. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if <laughs> it's just gun. the first seven hundred because it's mm-hmm. got like six or that are going to be at that price because it mm-hmm. says that they have six hundred fifty-seven left. 
Yeah. But my God, that's that's like an expense, a decent, not, a mid-grade 3D printer is like 500 bucks. So yeah. obviously you can get cheap ones for like $200, but you know, one that's pretty good and you can print pretty big stuff, four mm-hmm. or five hundred dollars is what you can look at. And obviously even higher than that for some mm-hmm. of the elite level models. So this is insane, a CNC machine for this price. Yeah, this is pretty big news. And uh, this is related to what we were talking about with Babyface P. Um, th- this is pretty much the subject matter that he's been getting hit on. Oh, oh um, never mind. Okay, it, it isn't that cheap. It's two thousand dollars. So it's, <laughs> you got to put five hundred down. That's still pretty inexpensive yeah. for a CNC machine. Yeah, in the long run, or the ability to do what you need to do. I know when I when I was telling Lola about this, she was like zero percent. What is that? It's basically just a blank. Yep. It's maybe has the overall outside shape, <laughs> you know, of an AR, but it's got nothing. Nothing is in there. So that's what typically companies buy themselves and then finish milling out. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, Asper Warrior says 500 bucks. No. Yeah, no, that was that's the deposit. (laughs) That's fake news. Fake news. Yeah. Um, I went went further down. I was like, oh, of course, they make you say 500. You get excited. On a deal. On a deal. It's still 2000 is not bad, though, in my opinion. So that's what Patrick got hit for. He told me that people were trying to buy the ghost gunner from him. Um, <laughs> he's got videos. His videos are up here on Utreon. One of the good things about mm-hmm. Utreon, they pull your videos and they're up here. So his stuff is up here. Um, cool. You know, but yes, I think this is good news, man. To me, oh, yeah. this is good news. And yes, what will they do? Do you think they'll make uh, pieces of metal, pieces of aluminum illegal? Uh, they won't be able to do anything, and and eventually it won't. I think it won't really matter. They're not going to be able to do anything against uh, any of this, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I, I've got an interesting take. It's it's a little bit off topic, off topic, but I okay, think hit us with it. But but I think it's kind of my theory. So, been seeing lately that all, all the facts about the coof and everything have finally been coming out, and now they're saying, oh man, maybe we got to look at the uh, now mm-hmm. we got to look at the death numbers and and. You know, maybe up to 40% of the deaths aren't, weren't actually caused by COVID. It was just people uh-huh. with COVID. <laughs> no. We're, so we're seeing all that. We saw AOC come down here to Florida. And mm-hmm. I'm just starting to think that, so obviously the left is authoritarian, but we also feel like, uh, I feel like they're all, a lot of these modern leftists are pretty weak. Mm-hmm. Not the crazy Antifa people that you see on the streets, but the politicians are all pretty spoiled. So I started thinking to myself, are they letting go of some of this stuff because they're not authoritarian or is it because they're even they're getting tired of keeping up the charade? Because unlike in decades past, now AOC can't get away with, with just hiding and going somewhere and, and hoping that the news won't pick it up because everybody's got a phone. Mm-hmm. So after a while, you have to think politicians like her, she's a millennial. So their egos can be bruised and manipulated. So mm-hmm. even though she kind of thrives on on trolling the right, and you know she said all those things like, "Oh, you know, uh, Republicans are just focusing on me because they want to have sex with me" or whatever crazy crap that she said. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that they're starting to get tired of it themselves. They see that in Florida and Texas, you can do whatever the hell you want, and I think that the younger people on the left are just not going to tolerate this anymore because they're getting tired of it and they don't have the strength to be able to sacrifice for this authoritarianism. And I think that, and it's kind of the first time that I've thought about that. And, and the more that I think about it, I'm like, okay, if the left is going to rely on this generation, like let's say that even there was a split in this country, I just Mm -hmm. feel like the other side will be so weak and not have enough will to, to do anything that they'll eventually quit. 
And, and I don't know, that's kind of what I'm starting to see. I just think that the millennial, the millennial leftists are just way too spoiled. Mm-hmm. And uh, unless it's the crazy people that like join Antifa, most of those people, a lot of them look like they're mentally ill. So they're different. That's a different mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. But I think that these rational leftists are just kind of like, they're getting tired of it. They don't like being called out anymore because they know they'll always get called out. And after a while, you have to think that young people in New York seeing everything that they're seeing, I don't care if they voted for AOC. They got to be pretty pissed to see AOC go to Florida and act like a hypocrite. And they're stuck with vaccine passports. Why did she go to Florida? Like, this That's the big question in that. Why yeah. did AOC come to Florida? If, if, if Florida is such a sucky place, such a horrible place where we're doing everything wrong, why does she come here? Because, yeah, you know, I think partially you're right. She's living in an authoritarian state and she probably got tired of getting busted over there doing stuff. So she's like, well, I'll go to Florida where even if they catch me out there, what does it mean? You know, yeah. all, all we all we did is really promote her. And I think that's the flip side of what I would say to what you're saying. I think ultimately what Democrats, uh, what liberals uh, the folks on the left depend on is sheep and most human beings yeah. are sheep. You know, mm-hmm. the masses are sheep and they're just going to go along with this stuff. They're very easy to program and you hit them with so many, so many things that even seeing the truth uh, or slapping them upside the head doesn't really fix them. Yeah. You know, so that's why yeah. they know they can get away with this. Yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, I think, but I think finally people are getting tired of it. The inconvenience of it, mm-hmm. they're seeing how basically you're targeting racial minorities when you do this stuff, because mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of minorities aren't going to get the jab. And so, especially mm-hmm. in those cities, you see kind of that disparity there. And I think people are starting to wake up to it. Yeah. And especially now that the numbers come out, you're like, wait a second, I did everything that you were did. I got the two jabs and I got the booster, but I still got sick. This is garbage. So yeah, what was understand. the point of all that? Yeah. I, you know, I just think that they, they, what they will probably do is move on to another thing that yeah. they can, eventually this is going to wear itself out, right? That's just the truth. Eventually human beings get tired. You know, if you eat like champagne, if you drink champagne and eat caviar all day, eventually mm-hmm. it becomes blasé to you. So I think that's why they will get away with it. I think you're making a good yeah. point, but what instead I believe personally that they're going to pivot to something else and let this go, but they can't, you know, they don't want to just let go of this. There's a lot of power in what's going on here for those mm-hmm. guys, you know, especially Fauci. I'll get that yeah. in. We're going to, we're going to come back right after these words. We wouldn't be able to keep the who moved my freedom podcast going without the support of great companies like Barnul ammo. Barnul has a wide range of reliable quality steel case ammo for small game, large game, target shooting and self-defense. They've got the classics like seven, six, two and five, four, five, as well as nine millimeter all the way up to three Oh eight subsonic as well. So when you're in the market, please consider Barnul ammo. Um, what there's a thing from Asper Warrior here. We're in the Gorn section, by the way. What is this he said? Um, Hank pops off a soda, and now he's shilling for Coca Cola. I hear that sound. I want a Coke. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's Sprite, by the way. Uh, and I need some extra sugar, man, because today's been like a rough. Do you have those days where I I did a, I I was going all day today. Typically, I'm home and I'm editing and just working on different things that need to be done. So I was mm-hmm. out all day today, you know, uh, running around, getting stuff done. I got my hair cut, did a whole, whole bunch of things. Yet I feel like I did absolutely nothing none of, because none of the editing or any mm-hmm. of those things got done. Does that happen yep. to you? <laughs> no, that's how I feel. I mean, today I was trying to rearrange our entire setup here because, I mean, it's it set up like a studio now, this, this office, but we still use it as an office for work. 
uh, because mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's a good place to work, especially if we have to do teleconferences or something like that. But I get kind of tired of having to partially disassemble it after we finish our show. So I'm trying to find a way to set it up permanently while still being able to use all the monitors that we've got here. Mm-hmm. So, cause I've got two, we've got two big monitors, 27 inches with a TV in the middle. Oh, sweet. Um, yeah, we should get, we should see this whole, well, I don't know if we can see it. I don't know if. You guys not with the way it. I have this camera set up, but usually yeah. if you watch our show, I usually have our older webcams. Now we use a Panasonic. Take uh, a picture video. and text it to me if you want to show it to the yeah. people. If you don't. Yeah, no. Then, a lot uh, of times before our show now, I use our old webcams. Mm-hmm. Usually when the show is starting, mm-hmm. you'll, they'll, it's like a behind the scenes camera. So it'll mm-hmm. show from reverse the setup as we set up the show. Yeah, I need to get some of that stuff going once I organize all of this. So much craziness going on, man. I actually, and I think I'm one of the first people to get this, we yesterday got Starlink. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, you That's know, awesome. So I haven't, uh, I did hook it up and test it and everything, uh, but it's not like permanently installed in the best way it needs to be, all of that. But it, it looks promising. We had some issues last night when we were trying to get going because the the internet was jumping on the Starlink and then this thing mm-hmm. and that thing. That's how we had problems with the show yesterday. But yeah, there's so many things in the works right now that I'm trying to do to um, make this all better and be better at what we're doing here. So uh, when I get that it's picture, that picture. Uh, yeah. I will share it with the people out there once it once it comes through here. Um, so Gorn, Gorn. So I don't know. You want to go first? You're the guest. Uh, I mean, I only have uh, some handguns that I think mm-hmm. Joe's already uh, shown off a lot of our stuff. But this is this is my, my EDC is a Sig P three sixty five XL. All right, very nice. Hold that up. Let's see what that look. Yeah, hold so, it closer because you're kind of yeah. Yeah, there you go. It's you know, since you're showing off all your comic books, yeah, there you go. Okay, that looks good. Mm-hmm. So this is a three sixty five XL. XL. Yep. And this so is your I daily. Yeah, this is my everyday carry. And surprisingly, believe it or not, this gun actually pocket carries with what? certain pants. No. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it does. What, so I what actually, pants? I what actually pants, regularly pocket carry this. Cargo uh, pants? This gun. Yeah. Cargo? And, oh, okay. it, and you still, and you can't even tell that it's there because mm-hmm. you have this with a cell phone. And I mean, obviously, look, I mean, I just use, when I'm not doing appendix carry, I'll just use like a sticky holster. And it okay. works perfectly. I practice the draw on it and it's, it's really nice. So, yeah. Uh, I love this gun a lot. I wasn't too sure. It's the first SIG that we've ever owned. Joe has a P365X, so it's just the shorter barrel, but they've got the, the longer the longer grip. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like it's a lot more comfortable. I can get more of a oh, okay. shorter. Yeah, so, so you like of, that shorter barrel but longer grip uh, Oh, no, this is, this is, this this is, is the long both. grip and the long barrel. Long grip, so long Joe barrel. has okay. the shorter barrel with, uh, with the long longer barrel. grip. So she yeah. likes that. She likes that combo. Yeah, she likes it. It's a little bit more mm-hmm. concealable for her, mm-hmm. uh, and it just works out. And eventually, I want to get the uh, the smaller frame as well. I know Sig only sells them for like thirty five bucks or something on their website, mm-hmm. so they're pretty cheap. But I think I want to buy one of the all metal ones and see how it runs all metal. Because honestly, I'm used to recoil impulse on small guns. My other uh, pocket carry, if I'm really wearing like short or sh- like shorts or going to the beach, is an LCP two. And I shoot that gun pretty well. And, you know, a lot of people complain that small 380s are pretty snappy, but mm-hmm. I feel like I've shot so many small compact or subcompact pistols now in 9mm or 380 that I'm just used to it. So to me, going to the 365 XL is like going to a huge gun. It mm-hmm. just doesn't, it doesn't affect me at all. I eventually want to get a Hollow Sun 507C on it. 
just because I shot some red dotted uh, staccatos at the okay. USCCA Expo and <laughs> they just kind of spoiled me. Okay. Um, Asper Warrior says, is that some goon tape on there? Is that some goon? No, it's just, this is the actual grip. That that's the grip, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that's how yeah. it is. And yeah. uh, it's not uncomfortable. If you appendix carry, it doesn't really like dig into you or anything like that. So mm -hmm. it's pretty, pretty good. Very cool. By the way, let me share this picture that you sent. Boom, there you go. That's, yeah. Man, that, look, that looks like a professional uh, broadcasting studio over there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the roadcaster is pretty awesome. I love it a lot. And that was That's a big uh, switchboard. Yeah, that looks like a cool light you guys have going there also. Yeah, I found that one. Uh, since we now sit side by side, it was kind of difficult to find a ring light that would that would work. And I saw this one on... And the camera's just, right there in the middle. Oh, so yeah. you're using... What is that? Uh, Lume Lumex. Oh. Yeah, it's a Panasonic G95. So mm -hmm. I wanted a camera that wasn't like two thousand dollars <laughs> mm -hmm. so like a gh5 or something like that but yeah i still wanted the ability to shoot 4k 30 mm -hmm. and a, a lot of the smaller cameras i didn't realize until i was shopping around they can shoot 4k but mm -hmm. they will overheat after 10 minutes so you have to record in 10 minute spurts so this was the only camera in that price point like less than a grand i think it was less than 800 bucks that uh will record continuously as long as it has power Oh, okay. Um, you know, another good camera. That's that's a good one. Um, the which it's what I'm using, the Canon M50, and I know there's yeah. an M50 Mark II, but I have the Mark Ones, and those are cheap. Mm -hmm. But yeah. even the even the M50 Mark IIs aren't expensive. That's another good one you can use. Mm -hmm. um, you can you can do the same thing with it. You can connect it to your computer to broadcast with, like a net mm -hmm. cam, just by using the USB. And then if you get that battery that you could plug in. Mm -hmm. um you know then you're good to go and you have continuous power so yep that's uh, that's what we got here i got that adapter and then i just push it mm -hmm. hdmi out so i can do uh 4k if uh on our show yeah so let me uh hold on a second who is this uh now, obviously we got the the mics now too yeah on, uh, on the stands. so so chris is sending me this picture of uh is this what kind of gloss? this looks like a gloss is that a dagger uh, is it a dagger? Looks like a PSA dagger. At oh, least yeah. the slide, yeah. Yeah, it probably is. Mm -hmm. Probably is a dagger. So there you go. That's from that's from Chris out there. Um, cool. I, I will show my. So here's one Gorn thing I have. I can take out some other Gorn stuff, but one Gorn thing I have here. I'll show this to you guys. This is my Glock 34, right there. Check that out. Glock 34. Nice. Um, and it's in a Harry's holster right there. I think, what's the code? Like Hank 10 or something for Harry's holster? I can't exactly remember, but our our uh, code is is still good over Harry's holsters, whatever that code is. Um, Lola, if you're watching, <laughs> I'm sure someone out there knows what it is. I think it's either Hank Strange or Hank 10. Um, yeah, Glock 34, man. Uh, I've had this for a while. I don't really buy Glocks anymore, but I do have a bunch of nine millimeter Glocks. I think I got a several Glocks, uh, 17s, 19s. I have a 26, I have a folding Glock. Um, nice. You know, um, I have a, uh, what I have a 43, all that kind of stuff. But this, this is a cool one. I really, I really enjoy the Glock 34 and it's kind of like, I guess it's a, you could use it for training and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So there you go. My Glock 34 cool. still looking good. Haven't beaten it up too much. You know, um, sometimes I used to keep this by my bed a lot, but I don't, I have, a, I have a whole bunch of other stuff. Now I keep mm -hmm. like uh 300 blackout. <laughs> cool. AR. 
Uh, but when I first started doing this stuff, that's one of the first Glocks that I bought after. I think my first Glock was a Glock 19. Then I bought a Glock 26. And then I bought this 34. And then I bought a whole bunch of different block, Glocks. So there you go. Someone thinks, do you have another one? You have another you want uh, I just got my, my, this my Ruger SR1911. So this is mm -hmm. a lightweight commander. Mm -hmm. So it's aluminum, uh, aluminum frame, obviously with a steel slide. Sweet. And, hold uh, it up for us. Hold it up. Yeah. It's a four and a half incher. Mm -hmm. And then normally they come with wooden, uh, with rubber grips that actually feel really nice when you shoot, but they don't look that great. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're pretty slim. So I got the, the wooden grips from the, the 45 model. Uh, and I love it. I mean, it's got just regular three dot sights and I just shoot lights out with it. I, I really mm -hmm. just absolutely love this gun. Uh, it's, it's a pretty affordable 1911. I think they go for like MSRP is like 800, but you can usually find them for, I think I've paid 650 for this one. So that's not too bad for an American 1911. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very cool. And I think we did yeah. see, we did, uh, mm -hmm. that is something that Joanna showed us, yeah. uh, you know, she was and then her CZ, her CZ too. CZ. So, oh yeah, like she her. did show off the CZ. What? So, and I, I always now, like hold this that one too. closer. Let's see this. So this is a, what CZ is this? This, uh, this is the SPO one, uh, shadow or the, uh, the, the phantom, sorry. Okay. Shadow is obviously the expensive one. So they actually don't even make the phantoms anymore. So this is the polymer frame mm -hmm. with the, the metal slide. So she just wanted something that was a little bit lighter than the all metal one. So I was like, mm -hmm. Hey, they've got the polymer one. And I think they discontinued them in 2018 actually. So it's got the decocker, which I like. And, uh, yeah, it's a good gun. I probably want to get a trigger job eventually because, you know, like all double action, the, uh, the, it's a little bit mushy. You get, uh, it's a little bit loose when you've got that first trigger pull with the double I don't action, even like the sound of decocker, you know, that's yeah. just, that shouldn't <laughs> even be in the English language. <laughs> I don't mind it, you know, with a hammer fired gun, especially if you're locked. I'm just decocker. talking about the name. I'm just talking about oh, the yeah, name. Yeah. Double entendre. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like in, in a hammer-fired gun. I kind of like a decocker, especially a double action. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, it's pretty cool. I like this gun a lot. I shoot it pretty well. Mm -hmm. Okay. But besides that, we've got uh, uh, Go Joe's guns, and then uh, just a couple of ARs, and I think you guys saw the Streebog and the uh, Sub Two Thousand. Yeah. Oh, I've actually got. I mean, I think everybody has. My Everybody has to have a 1022. Oh, okay. Yes, this is true. This is true. But I think oh. that the, uh, the the breakdowns are really awesome. Yeah. So this is a, a 1022 takedown, and I put the uh, X22, the Magpul X22 backpacker stock. Mm -hmm. So for those of you that don't that know. That was awesome. Did, That's awesome when Magpul came out with that, man. That oh, yeah. was like this, home this run, thing is home the run best. on that. Yeah. Uh, I put the uh, the pick rail adapter on there for whenever I put a red dot, but right now I've got it running the... Uh, these are the the tech sites, so they're mm -hmm. similar to the uh, you know kind of M1 Grand or or actually AR15 style. Mm -hmm. So these are fantastic sites, and what I love about this stock is obviously you can put magazines. So I put yep. about a hundred rounds of of 22 in there with one 10 round magazine, and then uh, you know roll with the 25s. And it's yeah, that's good to go. Setup. Good to go yeah, for the apocalypse. It's, it's um, awesome. If you're a so, gun guy out there and you could like with a straight face tell us that you've never had a 1022, uh, you need to get up on it and get yourself a 1022. I mean, seriously. Yeah, I've got the the big mag release there, so I can quickly do it because uh, at one point before COVID, Joe and I were planning. I've got uh, 
TCR, uh, TCR 22. So that's Smith and Weston's or Thompson mm -hmm. centers, uh, mm -hmm. version of their, of the 1022. And that one's actually pretty nice too. The stock mm -hmm. sites are way better than the, uh, than the Ruger 1022. Yeah. But this one's got some work done. So I put the, uh, the upgraded Ruger trigger there. So it works pretty nice. The, uh, extended charging handle. And then obviously the, you need race. a suppressor for that bad boy. I know. Well, see, the only bad thing about this one is that I bought it with, I wanted it stainless, but this was the 18 inch or so it's not threaded. So that's uh, the only bad thing. Okay. About it. okay. That's the well, only bad thing about this one. But the good thing about the takedowns is that they sell plenty of barrels for these. Brownells, lots of barrels. Has, the, um, Brownells has a lot of nice takedown barrels mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh, I forgot who makes them, but they, they're all threaded and they're pretty awesome. Yeah, and, a, and quite a few companies make a integrally suppressed. Now, I'm trying yeah. to think who... Uh, Ruger does, to, too. Ruger sells yeah. a, an integrally suppressed barrel for them. Yes, the, uh, they've, got a, yeah, they've got a full they've got a full length integrally suppressed takedown barrel. Mm -hmm. And the only thing better than this takedown is the charger takedown, to me. Oh, that's yeah. the only thing that's mm -hmm. better than that one. And there's yeah. a... Believe it or not, you can get... Um, I have... I have, I think, an integrally suppressed barrel. I've made so many different versions of 1022s. It's not funny. Yeah, that's yeah. A, the only way to make those better, man. Integrally suppress them. So sweet. And then you could get, oh, yeah. you could get the parts that make less noise. The action makes less noise mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And you've just got a great all-around uh, rifle that you can use um, in the apocalypse uh, for hunting. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm obsessed with backpack guns and takedown mm -hmm. rifles. That's really like what I love more than anything else. I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's why I've got a sub 2000. I think that's an awesome gun. It's pretty much the most basic firearm you can find. It's literally a tube, mm -hmm. a blowback tube, and that's it. Yeah, sub 2000 and, is a good one. We were talking yeah. about that. Did you see, oh, I forgot the name of the, there was one of these things we were talking about. Let me see if I could pull this up. Because uh, Oh, here it goes. Yeah, there was, uh, we were talking about the NSAGW show that happened. And there were a couple of guns that got shown off in there. And one of them, hold on, let me see. I'm going to pull this up here so that I'll share my screen with you guys on my phone. So check this out. Ooh. Um, this is Trailblazer Firearms. Oh, yeah, um, that's right. And what is this thing called? Pack 9. So basically, it is, let me see. If I go this way, we can get a bigger, closer picture. So this is a backpack gun. And then that top part flips around. Mm -hmm. like that and then you could put it in the backpack cool now i know obviously like now it's pointing back towards you but the gun's not going to work functionally yeah in that in that position for whoever wants to get uh, crazy about that pack nine what do you think about that real quick uh, i mean like i said i'm all for different takedown guns so mm -hmm. i mean what's that what's the length of it when it's like that like uh um it weighs or something? in at five pounds uh i'm trying to see um yeah, I think it's twenty point nine inches storage profile. Twenty point nine inches. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I love I love uh things like that. So um yeah. you know, let me see what else. Someone we've got people sending us uh Edward Andrews sent us some pictures of some guns that I'll share with you guys real quick right here. This is his CZ. There you go, from Edward Andrews. Ooh. Yeah. Um very nice. Nice. Oh, 45, 97. Oh, yeah, 97. Yeah. You don't see that many CZ-97s. Yeah, Edward Andrews, man, you know, he, he's he got a, he's got a nice... He's, by the way, he always does this. He always <laughs> does this. Uh, especially when I'm on the show here, he's like, oh, oh, yeah, you, you guys have, have one of those? That's cute. Here, check this out. 
So that's awesome. I love it. That's awesome. Um, uh, yeah. So I'm trying to see what other new stuff here. We got like three minutes. I'm thinking there was some other news things that I wanted to pull up here. We talked about the zero percent. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what the firearms blog is. Well, what about uh, what do you think of that? <laughs> now what? we've got the uh, that thirty super round. Did you guys talk about that? No, thirty super. Uh, break this down to me. What's going so on? Thirty. With that? Su- okay, so federal came out with a new round pretty uh, recently. It's uh, called thirty super defense. Okay. So the whole concept behind that. it mm-hmm. is that it's obviously a smaller diameter than than a nine millimeter or a three eighty. Mm-hmm. But the cartridge seems to be about the same length as a nine millimeter, mm-hmm. so it'll give you pretty much the velocity of a like a plus p nine millimeter round, with obvi- a slightly less weight but a smaller diameter. Mm-hmm. So the whole point is that you can carry two or three extra rounds in pretty much any like compact or subcompact gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know. We'll we'll see how it is. I'm all for carrying more ammo, uh, and honestly, I think that there's. 380 is kind of uh, an inferior round. So if there's something that could be better than 380 and... I think 380 technology has come a long way, though. I think It has, but I think, I think yeah. it's supposed to almost be the evolution of that. So you can carry more mm-hmm. since 380 still has the same diameter as a 9 okay. millimeter bullet. 380 is very popular. Someone was asking me today when I was out uh, if, I, if I had any lines on 380. And I was like, I don't know, man. Um, so check but, uh, this out. Th- Go ahead. I think it's supposed to be right now... It's about the same price as 380. Okay. So it'll okay. really come down to guns that are going to have it. I think the first one is going to be the Smith and Wesson um, Shield Plus. They're going to mm-hmm. probably mm-hmm. announce it at uh, Shot Show. Mm-hmm. But, so I mean, we'll see. I mean, yeah, I, I would need know, to 30, get my hands on, on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 32 used to be a popular round back in the day, so maybe something like this might catch on. And yeah, and uh, is it going to be more made than? Is it? Are they going to make more of it? Like the 380 is always a problem, you know. It, like that's one of the things that people, I guess, stop manufacturing when stuff stuff gets crazy. Um, so we don't really see it out there. Just real quick, I'll show this off to you guys. You guys know that Walther sponsors the show. You've probably already seen that. This is my Walther PDP right here. Very nice gun. Uh, I'm enjoying that. Um, nice. I'd like to see you know uh, the further evolution. I, w- I wonder what Walther's coming out with at Shot Show this year. You know. Um, oh. I don't know. I don't know. Even though I do stuff with them or whatever, you know, um, I have no idea of what the stuff is coming out. So just like you all, I will be waiting to uh, hear about that and see what comes out from Walther, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and w- and when it happens, we will be commenting on it. We're supposed to have Walter Keller from SHF going live at SHOT Show. So that'll be awesome. happening. Right now, we're going to run in a quick break right here. With ArmsList, you can shop the extensive list of local and nationwide firearms classified. Now with more confidence because of their built-in firewall. For only $6.99 a month for personal use or $30 a month for business vendors. So when you're in the market, please consider ArmsList. We wouldn't be able to keep the Who Moved My Freedom podcast going without the support of great companies like ArmsList. Yeah, we're running this. This is going like a this is like a radio station, man. It's like the train the train is on the tracks. <laughs> it's, it's coming with you like it or not. That train is coming down the tracks. Yep. So um the folks out there in the audience, if you guys have questions for Rolando, Puerto Rican Pistolero of wait, let me see if I get this right. 
Latinos locked and loaded. Locked and loaded Latinos. Oh, <laughs> crying out loud. Okay, I did. I messed it oh, up man. again. Uh, <laughs> I would, you know what? If they come out with that ammo and it's available, it's not ridiculously expensive. I'd like to try it. I know, wasn't it, um, didn't Hootie Who just um, get a gig? I think Hootie Who's working for Federal now. He's like a brand ambassador. I think so, for Federal. Huh. I think we were talking sure, about that earlier this week. Yeah, I'm sure that they're going to show it off all at SHOT Show and people will shoot mm-hmm. it and we'll see how it is. I'm interested to see what the recoil impulse is on it because mm-hmm. I think I heard something crazy like the PSI is like 50,000 PSI, which is really like, oh, like two and a half times what 380 is, I think. And so Federal I, has Federal's the only one that can make it, or they I don't know if they're that. the only one that's making it, but they're the only ones making. They introduced it, and they seem like they're pushing it pretty hard. So we'll mm-hmm. see how it is. It might be like another, another. Uh, what was it? The uh, man, what was the the uh, Valkyrie? Right, might end up being something like that. Yeah, weird calibers. I wait a little bit before I get into weird calibers. By the way, we still we're gonna continue Gorn. This is the audience section so if you guys have um if you guys have stuff that you want to talk about please feel free so now here's a gun that i thought was cool that came out at at past shot shows and when i saw it i was like what i have to get that uh keltec this is what is it c33 i'm forgetting the the, uh thing uh yeah cp33 cp33 boom nice there we go 22 Come on, tell me that looks sexy. We've run this, you know, when we're talking about 22s. Um, I think it was, let me see if I can get it to focus. There you go. I think it's about time that uh, Keltec made something like this. Very cool. Oh, yeah. Very cool gun. Uh, you can suppress it and all that kind of good stuff. You know, 22 LR. So I need to actually, I actually even forgot I had this gun, man. I need to pull this back out when we're doing doing some uh 22 videos but yeah oh, that's yeah. fun and the magazines for these there you go clear clear magazines right there um, how are they to load because i know it's like 33 rounds isn't it yeah it's a little it's a little funny to load but it's not it's not bad i think they've done some stuff to make that to make the loading of that better versus like uh the 22 magnum stuff from the um what the hell is the name of that of those 22 mag- i've got a bunch of those 22 Magnum pistols also, the uh, PMR. The P- yeah, the PMR-30. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Asper Warrior says, I almost bought a CP-33 in December, but I really needed a new carry more, so. That's how it been. Yeah. If, if, I, if I didn't stop myself, I would have like 122s of all different <laughs> types. That's just how they are, because. There's, they're there's, there's they're nothing fun. wrong with that. You can't go wrong. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're cheap and they're fun, and the ammo yeah. is always going to be cheap, at least, so, I mean. Well, uh, Compared, I hope that compared, it, to other, uh, compared to other, yeah. it'll always be the cheapest. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. But I would definitely recommend that when 22 ammo is cheap, that people stockpile. Oh, yeah. Well, that's why stockpile. every time, they, you know, on the news, they're like, uh, somebody was busted and they had thousands of rounds of ammo. I'm like, dude, if you if include my 22, it's going to be like, I, I've yeah. got, there's got to be like 5,000 rounds of 22 at least in there over there. So, yeah. Because I just buy it whenever I bought it before the crisis. I just stockpile it. And I was like, this is for the fun days when you just want to shoot and shoot and shoot and never stop. <laughs> yeah, I still have 22 from the Fire Armageddon of 2013. Mm-hmm. I bought buckets of bullets and I still have those buckets. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure I have some buckets of bullets somewhere. I didn't even open. 
you know, and every now and then I buy 22s, 22 Magnum. I'm always getting 22 Magnum. I think that's a cool round. Um, let's see. Night Train says is trying to tell you that he's still dating a lovely Venezuelan. I know. Lady. I saw that. <laughs> nice. Congratulations, man. Yeah. Good for you. Good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lola says there's some badass looking 22s. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. You know, that's true. I, I would like to see. Uh, so this CP uh, 33. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can do this in some other. You can do this in some other. I would cool like Keltec to make a, a full size a twenty two rifle. I think they should just do it. Something to compete like hmm. the size of a ten twenty two, but maybe make it like a bullpup or something cool like that. Weird, yeah. Like well, Keltec does. Why did they never do a sub two thousand in twenty two? Maybe. I don't oh, know. well, maybe you can't. I don't know. Maybe Low that's not feasible. Yeah. I mean, you could still do it. It would just be a lighter bolt, wouldn't it? I mean, it's yeah. a twenty-two, a ten twenty-two is a blowback. So yeah, Aspel Warrior says bucket of bullets giveaway. No, <laughs> that's a that's a very strong no on that. Five uh, hundred round bricks marked at seven ninety-nine. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, those that's days. from M Avens. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if we're seeing those days. <laughs> Some no, days no, are not no, coming no. back. <laughs> No, I mean, t- uh, 22 is like nine cents around now. I'm like, oh my God, that's crazy. It was like three and four cents around before this. Yeah. So many things are going up and they're not coming back. We're, we're not yep. going to get back um, certain prices. Um, let's see here. So I don't know. Did the Was there something in the... Ch- oh, you know what I saw actually? Let's see if I could screen share. This I saw was cool. I think my brother shared a link of this as well. Smith Tactics Sidekick Co-Charger AR-15 Charging Handle. Um, I like stuff like that. Let me see. Come on, come on, open this page. Open it. There we go. Um, so basically, you could take your charging handle and make it side charging. What? Well, what? Do you think this oh, is a stupid? Cool. You think this is cool or stupid? Uh, I I mean, if it works well, I don't think it's stupid because I think mm-hmm. the one the one complaint I mean that people might have about the AR platform is the charging handle. I mean, really, because it'll gas you in the face when you run a suppressor, but mm-hmm. it's because it's open. But I think it's sometimes I like that. See how that works. Yeah. Yeah. It's awkward compared to, I mean, especially it's just awkward the way that you have to position an AR and I feel like it takes an awkward motion. I mean, I'm good at it. I'm used to it. That's just the standard operating procedure. But I've always felt like a side charger like an AK is a little bit easier sometimes. Yeah. You don't have to sugarcoat it, man. The, the, The charging handle on the AR sucks. There's certain things like I wish they would change stuff on the AR. Come on, get 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 your act together here, you know. And depending yeah. on the optics and stuff like that that you have on there, it's very difficult. Um, oh yeah, to get to those things. Oh yeah. So uh-huh. anytime you run you run a scope, oh my god! The first time I ran a scope, I needed to get. Mm-hmm. If you're running a regular mil spec charging handle, forget running a, a big scope. Like you mm-hmm. will not be able to charge that gun. You need a Raptor or anything like that that really sticks out. Mm-hmm. And then even then, sometimes it's a pain in the butt with, you know, sticking out on both sides. I wish you could really choose one side, like how that side charger works. So mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. I might check that out. Yeah, I love stuff like that. Um, I I just I just closed the window. I'm not sure of what the price is. Let me see if I could. Oh, Edward Andrews is, sh- is sending me his pictures of cheap ammo. Oh, gosh. Yeah dollar what what did he say i think he said that this was like a dollar something let me see uh dollar five twenty two lr <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> for a <That's> brick <laughs> oh my gosh 
My grandkids, man, uh, they better be gun people because they're going to, you know, I'm making serious investments for my grandkids right here. Yep. <laughs> 22. You can't, I, I think Asper Warrior says he doesn't have 22. Uh, dude, you got wow. to have 22. Yeah. I mean, look, 22 is uh, 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 the way, the way that I say 22, obviously it's not reliable, not as reliable in self-defense, but mm -hmm. If you've got good 22, you'd be hard. If you have a good, a good, like just a real solid regular 1022, your magazines work and you've got decent ammo, you it won't be that unreliable. Like you might get a misfire every hundred rounds with good ammo. I, I, I think 22's unreliability is sometimes over, uh, over, over estimated, over exaggerated. It's over exaggerated. exaggerated. And I think yeah. sometimes mm -hmm. it really depends on the gun. If the gun is too cheap, then obviously it's not going to work that well. Mm -hmm. And if it's not feeding the rounds right and they bind up in the magazine, then that's not going to work that well. I think, so, mm -hmm. Go ahead. yeah, I just always look like if you can't miss with it, then in a bad situation, 22 would still be useful because you're probably going to be able to aim for the head. So, mm -hmm. uh, and you might be able to fire multiple rounds in like a group that's only an inch. So that's going to take anybody down if their head is not protected. Yeah, we were talking about guns, like keeping your guns clean. And I think most guns, you don't really have to do a lot of cleaning. Or you shouldn't. If you have to clean a gun a lot, then uh, typically, right? Uh, everything's not 100%. You know, if you've got to clean it a lot or every time you shoot it, there's a, pro there's a problem with that. Um, and if you're okay with it, that's fine. But I think 22s are something that you don't necessarily have to clean them every time you shoot it. But you do want to think about that. Cheap stuff tends to be dirtier and all that. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, can uh, Lola ask, can a 22 be an EDC carry? It's better than having nothing. It is better than having nothing. And so. I think that if you look, if you feel comfortable enough carrying something like, uh, what is that? That, uh, the Beretta has that tip barrel 22, don't they? It's got like 10 rounds or something like that. Or even the Walther, the uh, Walther, uh, Walther has uh, some, the, some options. Every, uh, yeah, pretty much. I mean, even, um, there's a, there's a, you can get a Glock, a 22 Glock now. Yeah. So. And the I, Taurus I like the TX twenty two is awesome. That's yeah, that's one I, of the best ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the TX twenty two is probably the best uh, twenty two mm -hmm. you can get if you want something that's smaller. The Walthers are nice mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, because they're ergonomics. Oh yeah, they're. I think Walthers are some of the most comfortable guns. Yeah, I've ever shot. Yeah. Um. So that's. Uh, you know, if you're the if if for whatever reason you don't like any other round. So let's say you tried nine, you don't like that. You tried. 380 and you don't like that or 25 or whatever and 22s which you people a lot of people die a lot of people get killed by 22s yep. you know so you know it's is it going to work for you in every single situation you're going to come across i don't think so but i think a, a lot of times what happens if you have to get to the scenario where you draw a gun most people are going to retreat at that point but I, I don't i'm not trying to tell you guys that i believe like oh you know you've got to draw this like that's not my philosophy my philosophy mm -hmm. is when that gun is coming out, you know, I'm I'm like that train that's on the tracks and it's coming. So that's the last thing I want to do. And I'm not trying to scare you or anything like that. Um, and I mean, and I think sometimes there's just something to if there are certain guns that you shoot lights out and and you can't get like some people just can't shoot Glocks because their their grip angle is weird to some people. Mm -hmm. And I get that. And so they might want to shoot a 1911. Like mm -hmm. I can shoot a Texas star with a 1911 and, and hit everything, every single thing. Mm -hmm. That's just the way that it is. And carry a 1911. So, Who cares how many yeah, rounds it I, is? That's yeah. what I would tell people. I was like, if you don't miss and you practice enough, the draw, getting mm -hmm. used to it, obviously having a single action or whatever gun that you want to carry, 
Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, a striker-fired gun that's locked, cocked, and ready to rock is just as dangerous as a single action, in my opinion, or mm-hmm. just as you know, potential for 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 whatever as a single action. Obviously, a Series Seven, the nineteen eleven, is not going to be drop safe, so mm-hmm. that's something to think about. But you know, you can get a Series eighty and have the crappy trigger if you want, or get uh, one of these Takatos <laughs> if you want to carry. I like, a, I like how you say that, right? Uh-huh. I, I mean, that's that's how it is. Everybody knows that the Series eighty's trigger sucks. So I mean. No, that's why. I mean, yeah, that's I, why I like older school mm-hmm. 1911s. Okay, all right. Gen Champ Junior says full auto Glock 44 with a fun stick would make a great PC. <laughs> <laughs> I Absolutely. mean, I think I think sometimes yeah. if you can carry, I think PCCs are really awesome. Mm-hmm. If you want a backpack carry, uh, and the obviously you're not going to be able to draw something that large very quickly, but if you carry a pistol on your body and maybe you're walking into a situation like. Let's say that there's an active shooter. I would rather have a PCC against a dude that's got like an AR and AK because I know that even up to like 100 yards, you're probably not going to miss mm-hmm. anything that's a long gun if you, mm-hmm. if you practice. Yeah. And so, and even then at the 25 to 50 yard range or anything like that, a PCC is going to be a lot easier to use. Yeah. So I'm a huge proponent of 300 blackout or nine millimeter PCCs if you've got them. And I think they're yeah. awesome. I mean, the answer to answer Lola's EDC question, you know, truthfully, whatever you're comfortable with. But the reality mm-hmm. is, is that, you know, um, you're going to be probably best with nine millimeter. Mm-hmm. And if that's too much, maybe 380. I think 380 has gotten better technology mm-hmm. wise or whatever. But, you know. If I could say do, definitely do this because this would be the best thing for you, I would say nine millimeter. And then from mm-hmm. there, it goes to whatever you're comfortable with. Some people are comfortable with 40, 45, yep. whatever. Some dudes carry around some kind of 223, uh, you know, little 223 mm-hmm. break open or <laughs> whatever. Yep. Hey, if that works for you, it works for you. So, um, didn't I see someone with a like 762, like one of those, uh, you know, one of those little pistols like that like single shots did uh, I see that or was that a meme or a joke i saw somewhere no i feel like there was something like that well i feel like somebody yeah. cut up a mose in the gaunt and turned it into a bolt action pistol before oh but okay yeah maybe somebody's made a pistol sks i mm-hmm. don't know yeah i don't know in the back of my mind i'm thinking it's brandon herrera but someone out there will tell me um, if there if if anyone has done it he would be a good bet yeah, I think it was. I think it was him that did something like that. So. Brandon is a funny guy. So every time that Joe runs into him, because we mm-hmm. just randomly run into him whenever we go to like conferences and things like that, mm-hmm. and he still doesn't completely know who we are. Uh, I think he always like, oh, he's like, yeah, it's those, those Latinos over there. But um, <laughs> but but Joe always Joe always goes up to him and it's like, hey, you look like Jesus Christ, and then she walks away and he and leaves him confused. Because <laughs> he's probably like, thinking like wait a second i think i am jesus christ yeah because, well, because brandon brandon makes very funny uh-huh. faces and all that stuff and he's kind mm-hmm. of a weird dude when right. you get to know him he's, he's mm-hmm. an interesting guy mm-hmm. so he's cool i've known him for a while yeah no, he's before cool. he got before he got famous yeah so yeah. i think what's cool about him is that you can tell that he's actually a little bit of a shy guy so he, he's i think he's his way of his humor makes him like more comfortable i think Mm-hmm. And it's easier for him to to do his thing. So it's really funny sometimes to see him in social situations and he's a little bit like quiet off to the corner. It's like, wow, that's Brandon Herrera. He's supposed to be laughing and joking about everything, but he's actually a pretty chill guy. 
He is. He is. I've not. I mean, you know, I think that he's a cool dude, and I think that, um, you know, it, this may seem counterintuitive. Uh, you know, there's people who don't really. I'm not saying they don't want the fame or whatever, but are really introverted, even though they've got some kind of notoriety. I don't think Brandon yeah. is famous, like you know, Brad Pitt or anything like that. Not yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know don't necessarily want the notoriety i believe it or not i'm a very introverted person mm-hmm. so if i'm out there and i'm seeing people let's say i was at shot show or something where there's a lot of gun people actually in, in normal everyday life no one knows who the hell i am and i love that you know so when i go to those situations i think it's great it's awesome that there's people who know me but at the same time it's kind of like you know it's like a it's a weird thing. And I think yeah. that Brandon's like that too. You know, he's got these responsibilities of what he has to do and there's folks that work for him and stuff like that. And this is this fame or whatever is that thing. But, you know, <laughs> I think for us, the weirder and the funny thing has been that, uh, no, obviously regular people don't know who we are, mm-hmm. but a lot of bigger people in the gun industry do. So it's mm-hmm. really weird when we run into like, like hanging out with like uh, Jared from guns and gadgets and all that stuff and mm-hmm. having dinner with him. And it's like, wow, it's Jared. And mm-hmm. we get along with him really well. He's actually uh half Puerto Rican himself. So we're going to have him on the mm-hmm. show uh, one of these days. Oh, that's what's wrong with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, Jared's so, cool. uh, yeah. Yeah. So he's, he's really cool. We got to hang out. I actually met him at shot show back mm-hmm. before he really blew up in 2020. I, I know really he blew up in 2020. The last two mm-hmm. years, his channel's really gone. Well, and it's the same thing. He's just put a tremendous amount of work into it. I mean, a tremendous amount of uh, work. I mean, what it takes to do, it may look to someone like, oh, that's easy to do. It's freaking, you know, it's tough. It's tough to keep up with that pace. Um, And then once you start doing it, you know, you got to do it. Um, Cruise Man says Eric at IV88 made a Mosin pistol. And I believe, I I think I shot, I think I shot, I shot some kind of Mosin thing that Mm -hmm. he did. So I think I, I shot that. So, um, let's see here. What, uh, what stuff has been on your radar, man? Shot shows coming up. I know we're getting ready to go into another segment here mm-hmm. in about a minute, but what's been on your, are you looking forward to stuff? Are you for, first of all, are you guys going to shot show? No, we're not going to shot show this time. We did go in 2020. So, I actually think that we were pretty lucky to go because I think 2020 obviously is the last shotgun of a certain era. Mm-hmm. So the last, the last mm-hmm. shot show before COVID and everything that happened and before they switched to the new format now that they have it go between mm-hmm. um, the Sands and Caesars now. So with that Skybridge. So we'll see how that works out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was great. But this time, you know, Joe travels a lot for work. And with some of the restrictions that they had there, I was like, ah, I don't think it would have been worth like taking the days off to go yeah. uh, this time. And I don't think they even have the worst restrictions. I was looking at a video, um, the What's Inside family. I don't know if you know the What's Inside uh, YouTube channel. I look at it. it. So that's the kid who he got he got big on YouTube cutting stuff open. But it was like he was like a young kid. I think he's like just now starting to drive or something like that. So his dad really ran the channel, and his dad has a channel called What's Inside Family, and he went to CES. And I'm going to tell you guys what I saw in that video as soon as we come back from this little break that's about to happen. Yeah. 
We wouldn't be able to keep the Who Move My Freedom podcast going without the support of a DAO or decentralized autonomous organization like Tusk Crypto. Tusk Cryptocurrency is a firearm-friendly e-commerce option for online payment transactions secured on the blockchain. So when you're in the crypto market, please consider Tusk, T-U-S-C. Uh, oh, look, there's all these crazy windows open. Um, by the way, you guys want to get up on Tusk, man, because there's some big news that's going to uh, come out about Tusk here. I think that people will find very interesting. So I know not everyone wants to get up on crypto. So anyway, yes, I was so saying what's inside family. That's the dad. That channel itself is pretty, pretty big. Just cutting stuff open. Mm -hmm. um, so the dad went to CES and CES required you to show your COVID uh, vaccine thing. Ooh. So, and he, which he showed that, but he was walking around the show, dude. It was less people at that show than when uh, Walter and I went to SEMA show. Walter, myself, and Lola went to SEMA show in November. It was less people there. A lot mm -hmm. of people did not show up. Um, and I guess that's a good thing and a bad thing. Mm -hmm. But I, I, don't, I, think I don't know if it keeps going after that. Go ahead. I think, I think shows there, well, look. Because a lot of people, we are having the discussion. I, I saw that G-Webs was having the discussion the other day, mm -hmm. uh, gun websites on YouTube, mm -hmm. about uh, he's a huge advocate and so am I of in-person events. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some people believe that some events can be remote. I think that can work for certain industries. I think for guns, that can never work. Because guns are all about touching. Tactile, That's yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, it's tactile. I have to be mm -hmm. able to... I can't tell you if I like a gun, it might look good on paper, but until I pull the trigger, rack the slide, and shoot it, I can't tell you if I'm going to like the gun or not. Yeah, until I might you, like it in theory. Yeah, you've got to actually hold it. Our, we're, mm -hmm. not, we're not exactly the same. You know, does that fit in your yep. hand? Do you feel confident when that's in your hand? That's not for every gun. You know, this, this Glock, for example, feels completely different in the hand than the, mm -hmm. you know, than the Walther. I think they're both good, but they're completely different. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, um, you're right about that in terms of people having to touch it. The thing is, these things will show up at gun stores. Mm -hmm. You know, some shows, I think the difficulty for me, my complaint about SHOT Show, it is a, it, it's a show that um, has its benefits, right? T traditionally, in a year, the big shows are in January, SHOT Show. That's the industry kind of thing. You know, mm -hmm. you could go there, talk to the companies, there's other content creators or whatever going on, you know, you get to make videos, touch things. For me, I get to think about, oh, this would be really cool. I like this. I don't like this because of that tactile um, input. Now, then the other big show later on, usually April or May, is the NRA show mm -hmm. because that's where we actually meet the folks, etc. Um, NRA moves around and so it goes to different states and it's a lot easier to do, a lot more affordable. You know, my only complaint about NRA is the NRA shenanigans that have been going on. Yeah. Right. So I don't like the idea of supporting them when they were distracted by all that stuff and not paying it. A lot of the problems that we have going on, a lot of things come out of the NRA being distracted and not giving a spine to politicians, mm -hmm. right? You know, politicians need reinforcement. So the thing you know which, which uh, mm -hmm, go ahead. I was going to say another conference that's good and I hope mm -hmm. gets bigger is the USCCA conference. So, yeah, I've, uh, I've never been to that, that, but I've uh, heard we that. Went, 
Yeah, we went to this year and we actually were invited to speak there. Uh, and it was uh, it was enjoyable. It's definitely way smaller than Shaw. It's not comparable in that mm -hmm. way, but it's not really supposed to be. Mm -hmm. It's like a really big, it would be like if you could think of a, a, of a huge local gun show with like some of the things that you might see at Shaw but mm -hmm. on a much smaller scale, but they also give you a lot of classes that are relevant to like normal gun owners and different lectures. Obviously they invited us to speak. Mm -hmm. uh, and we did on second amendment advocacy. Mm -hmm. So that was pretty cool. That's the things that you don't really see at uh, shot show since it's an industry event. And I'm not sure if NRA is exactly like that either, but mm -hmm. um, it was pretty cool. Yeah. You know, I would agree with that. Like a small show I went to last year, it's probably going to grow, but uh, the sawmill PSA did a, did a cool show. And I prefer those smaller shows. And the thing, mm -hmm. that's what I think about SHOT Show. It, it, that's something I think that if they're going to insist on doing it in Las Vegas, then for a lot of us, it's probably going to be virtual. I don't know that I'm going to invest that kind of money going all the way out to SHOT Show. This year, there's a, there's a, um, a conflict with an RV show happening here in Florida, mm -hmm. but I don't want to go back to Vegas um, since I went there last in November, it was just ridiculously expensive to be there, you know? Yep. So I don't, I don't want to do that. I also don't like flying anymore. So mm -hmm. I'm not going to fly unless I absolutely have to, which means I, you know, when I went there, I drove all the way out there. So it's just not worth that big trip for me. I don't think, and we're going to be here doing other stuff, but that to me should be virtual from, from, my point of view, if they're going to keep doing it in Vegas and it's going to be this mm -hmm. whole thing, I would rather see what they're coming out with and go, okay, this is what I think about it, but I have to get my hands on it to let you know or whatever. And mm -hmm. maybe we see, we, we do smaller shows around the country that have less rules. It's easier to get out to more affordable to be there. Um, the, the PSA, the, the, uh, what was it called? Something at the sawmill, right? The gathering, the yeah. gathering at the sawmill. Lola and I went out there in this van and we camped out there for a couple of days while it was going on. Yep. So that was just a lot easier, you know, that kind of thing for us to do. And I wish we had more gun shows like that. Yep. Um, I think, um, I think, well, and NRA is like this because general public can go to the NRA. Mm -hmm. So I, I like, I like that aspect. That's what I liked about USCC is seeing normal people that aren't in the industry that actually get really excited when they see this stuff. Whereas, mm -hmm. you know, industry people or, or content creators are like, eh, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. So it is kind of cool to see the normal people that are like, oh my God, I've never seen a staccato before. I've never gotten to see mm -hmm. these, all these cool guns in one place and the mm -hmm. experience. And they had a really cool, they actually had a tractor trailer inside the, uh, inside the venue, inside mm -hmm. the conference hall. Mm -hmm. And it, it, with two shooting lanes in it, awesome. like 15 yard shooting <laughs> lanes indoors. So it was awesome. They basically, all the, companies that were there each had their guns. So yeah, a lot of people got to shoot some really nice guns that day and have a good time. Yeah. So, um, M Avins is bringing this up while we're talking about smaller shows. Gundy's Gundy's oh, yeah. is a show that's going to happen. I'm actually going to try to get the guys from the Gundy's to come on. They've been on. Are you guys going to that this year? No, we actually did get an honorable mention. I was really surprised. I was like, how did they find out about it? So <laughs> I'm going to get into this here. So mm -hmm. M. Avon says, Gundy's vote Hank Strange for top voices of the 2A. No, don't do that. Don't vote for me. Seriously, I'm not, I'm not saying that to like, you know, reverse psychology anyone. Do not vote for me. Uh, here's who I suggest everyone should vote for. This is okay. my choice. You know, John Crump, that's the dude I think everyone should vote for. Mm -hmm. uh for top voices of the 2a 
and I mean that wholeheartedly. Uh, I'm gonna post this. I, I, this is a <laughs> this is a thing I made. I did post some stuff on social media. I'm gonna do it again. Um, so, will you? Are you guys also in that top voices? The two eight. Wait, don't tell me. I'm gonna look. No, um, <laughs> no, no. Like I said, we were we were honorable mention. I was even surprised that we were there. Mm-hmm. So, okay. and, and Joe was really surprised. I showed her mm-hmm. the other day. I was like, yeah, I was looking through the categories to see who we know is in all these categories. Okay. And so. I've actually, uh, I've been voting for Crumpy and then that they let you vote for multiple people. Mm-hmm. So I've given Crumpy and Guns and Gadgets. Uh, the Absolutely. Guns and, yeah. Because yeah. Jared does a great job there too. hundred uh, percent. And then I threw Johnny B a couple because I love Johnny B. I met him before and he's a right. guy. We had a lot of fun with him. Yeah. But I think that Crumpy and, and, uh, and Jared definitely deserve uh, a lot of those votes. People yeah. Are out there. Then we saw our buddy that I met uh, through you, Mr. Big Kid. Oh so yeah, I actually, and I actually talk talk pretty much on the regular now. We play Halo together. Oh, cool. <laughs> so yeah, so he's become one. Of I like him, buddies. man. Him and well, Jonathan yeah, are good dudes. <laughs> yeah, he's a really good guy. So I like him a lot. And he's uh, he's up yeah. for like a breakout content creator of the year. So I've been throwing Sweet. some votes his way. Yes. So look, I like the idea of the Gundies. Yeah, I want to say this, and I've had the guys on. I'm going to try to have them on. I think that all of January is the voting for that. Um, mm-hmm. and I would definitely say to people that, you know, I know there's some controversy about it cause people are like, well, if you vote, you got to sign up, but then they get your email stuff. When they came on, they said they're not going to overuse that. And actually I spoke to someone who's been doing like testing to see if that's what happened. And that person told me that they did very few email outs, exactly what they promised. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think those are good dudes and I support what they're doing. The thing is, so for example, in this two-way thing, I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna put this on screen just to show mm-hmm. you. Okay, so let me see here. Um, I uh, need the to, I the need choices to are pretty are pretty varied. So, well, okay, in the two-way thing, they literally, you know, it's. Uh, let me see here if I can find it. In the two-way category, man, it's 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 forty-two people. Yeah. And the voices of the two A. Okay, here we go. I think is this it? I'm. Uh, yes. So here we go. This is it here. So I'm gonna put this on screen. So these are all the people in voices of the two A. Fudbusters, KP Richards, who I don't know who that is. Hodge twins. Um. Uh. What the hell does it? Hodge. I'm, I've, I know the Hodge twins, right? And I've got no problem with them, but I don't know how they got in there. We like shooting. Cool dudes. Those are my dudes. Uh, Ryan Clackney R. I don't even know who that is. Uh, I'm not saying I'm not trying to knock him. Guns and Gadgets, absolutely, absolutely. Um, AWR Hawkins, I also don't know who that is. Pew Pew Jew, I do know. What is this? Damaras Damaraso? I don't even know who that is. Right. Um. So let's see here. I'm still going. Legally Armed American, know him. Very good dude. Maj Teray, good dude. Antonio Okafor. Awesome. Hank Strange, total idiot. Uh, you know, um, let's see here. Uh, who else is in here? The typical liberal. Oh, so some of these things I need to read out. Colio Noir, great. IV88, uh, don't even know who that guy is. Diana Moeller, uh, Military Arms Channel, awesome. Louder with Crowder. Why? Why is he in this thing? I know he supports the Second Amendment and, and he's a good guy and all that, but why is he even in this thing? Uh, good Patriot, um, Alec uh, Starlatus is in there. Um, 
Gun Owners Radio, Joel Patrick, Dana Vigi, Beyond the Unknown, Reno May Guns. Okay, he's cool. DC Project. That's like two. For, okay. Diana Muller and the DC Project. Again. USCCA, The Gun Collective is in there. Armed Scholar, Talking Lead, a great podcast. Official, Bonnie Air Otten. John Crump, the only person you should vote for. USA Carry, Firearms Chronicles. Not done. Philip Riboli, don't even know who the hell that is. Johnny B, cool dude. Gun Freedom Radio, Madison Gawthorn, Gun Guy uh, TV, um, also good dude. Graham Allen and Liberty. Like, do you, I, I mean, I don't know if that makes any sense to you. This is one freaking category. <laughs> I know. That that's the only thing I think that it's it's uh, there's a little bit too many people, but I think that they also I think they want to acknowledge a lot of people as well. But it's interesting to see it's some like politicians there and and organizations as a whole. So I think that if they want to put organizations, then they should just put top organization and advocacy, and then they can yeah. have like FPC. Is this what they did in every cat? Every category has forty something people up for it. Every category has a lot of people. That's. that's that's yeah. not you're not curating what you're doing. So as yeah. much as I love those guys and I support the Gundies and I'd like to see it get better and I'd like to mm-hmm. see people who are doing uh, this kind of work get awarded. I'm not against them having people vote and everything. Mm-hmm. I think that's cool. I think they should make an NFT. OK, and give that out to everyone. So everyone gets like one vote on all of these categories and you use that and it's secure and everything. People can go there and vote and then still win really cool stuff. But I think they should curate these uh, things, you know, like the Rock and Roll mm-hmm. Hall of Fame or something. Everyone doesn't have to be up every year and then you try to get, you know, you don't yeah. have to do that. I'll be happy to promote these guys every year because I think it's great to have something in the world that's giving kudos back to the gun community, you know. And I know that mm-hmm. cool organizations that help me out like Brownells and all that's involved with this. But for crying out loud... <laughs> I think that one's the biggest one. Uh, the other ones are a little bit more manageable. But. Yeah. M. Avon says most categories don't have that many. It's insane. Just pick some people. There's there's lots of good people in there. Everyone doesn't have to get nominated every year, bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and, and like I said, they gave a lot of honorable mentions, so you can throw everyone else there and still show recognition. Yeah. I mean, it's so, so. it's so silly, you know. And mm-hmm. I feel like you don't have to put my name in there for me to promote it. I'll be happy to talk about it. Happy to promote it. Happy to have them come on. Happy to go there if I'm available. <laughs> I want to know how they go through the initial process and like how they found us. They just like, go, let's just pick all these people and throw them in here so they can promote our event that we're doing. And then yeah. we'll get people in there. And I, I don't know. Um, I'm, you know, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be honest about it. And I, and I told you guys, I really like these guys and I think it's a good idea, but having, that's just totally insane. <laughs> and then imagine some somebody. imagine some big people in there, right? So if there's a yeah. big person in there and you keep doing this every year and they have a big following, then what happens from that? Mm-hmm. Like if you if I if you don't have a big following, does that mean you're not doing the Lord's work for the gun community? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So well, I, I mean know, like a I'm lot of tripping, things it'll end up being mm-hmm. Yeah, everything ends up being a little bit of a popularity contest when you let people vote. Mm-hmm. But uh again, like like you said, I like the concept of it because it's again about normalizing the gun community and, you know, really creating a new culture because we've already seen like the, the left has taken everything. We, mm-hmm. we really don't have any, well, not until recently, but when it comes to music, movies, TV shows, and obviously the news media, that all slants heavily to the left. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. anything that we can create 
we almost have to create our own new institutions here. So yeah. we need our own. We don't watch the Golden Globes or the Oscars. We oh, watch the man. Bendies. Yeah, I'd rather watch, die. <laughs> uh, video game, like video game awards or something like that. That's yeah. what we do. Now we've created our own space and now we compete. And if they want to watch it, they can. And yeah. it also gives it a little bit of legitimacy because a lot of the arguments that you see, well, let's take like Christian movies, for example. They have a good message, but a lot of them are pretty low budget and a little bit cheesy sometimes. And that's a reputation that a lot of conservative or Christian movies have. So when we can step up the game and show like, no, we're just as good or better at this stuff as you are. Like I said, Eric July creating his own comics. Mm -hmm. We've got the Gundies. That's what you got to do. You have to start somewhere, show that uh, community camaraderie, even new people that come in. They might be like, this seems a little bit silly. But then you're like, well, it's fun. And it gives you an excuse yeah. to hang out. And then you get to see a lot of people that you may like interact with one another and maybe meet one another. That's always kind of cool. Yeah. Like, oh, man, I saw this person on this podcast. Look, I didn't know that they were yeah. friends with that person or look at the work that they're doing. Put a so, team together and let that team, you know, put together a team of dudes from the community. How about that? Mm -hmm. And say, yeah. listen, we've got to we've we're going to put together a council here and figure out who to pick three people, man, or, or the at the, at the most. Yeah. At the most, yeah. like five or six or something like that at the most, man. But really mm -hmm. pick three people and say, these are the people. Let folks vote if they want to let us vote. You know, you can even say for the folks in the industry, when we make your your particular NFT might have a little bit more waiting or whatever, because you're in the industry. But the folks out there. So, you know, you're kind of balancing mm -hmm. uh, the popular vote with what your peers think about you, this would be a more valuable thing. And I think if you put that kind of work into it, you'll get a, you'll get a better result than like when I, <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I don't know if you realize this. I don't freaking need, I don't need that stuff. I really don't need it. Right. <laughs> but when I looked there and I didn't, I, I didn't believe someone sent me these screen captures. Cause I was like, there's no way there's that many dudes in yeah. this thing. And that's why I said this, I'm only going to support one person. And I genuinely think that John Crump does a lot of, um, mm -hmm. I don't know that he's going to win it, but I, re I really wish that he, he, he did because I don't think people really understand like what John puts into this. And he hasn't, he, he doesn't have to do it other than he genuinely believes in America, the constitution, the second amendment, freedom and all of that. Um, mm -hmm. but you know, you could do this. Look at what the Nigerians have done with movies, as an example. I know this is a little bit of a stretch, but I used to live in Nigeria, okay? Um, I lived there for three years. I never, ever thought that Nigeria would be like third or fourth to America, uh, Bollywood, etc. I think they're like third or something, right? Wow. You know, in terms of, you go on Netflix right now, you could find a ton of Nigerian movies on there. And they have stepped their game up, like the cinematography mm -hmm. and all that is insane. And this is from actually putting in the work. Or like I look at, um, what is the show that I look at? Heist, which I think is made in Spain or something like that. People, people in other countries are making awesome programming. Oh, better than American programming, <laughs> I would say. Yes, just do yeah. the work. <laughs> yep. Do the work, bro. You well, know? And, you, and then it's, sometimes it's not even that difficult. It's just like, don't make it political. Don't make it woke. And mm -hmm. just tell a decent story and people will eat it alive now. That's why I was, yeah. I was having this conversation actually with, with Joe and then actually with KD uh, mm -hmm. the other day. Shout out to and, KD, by the way. I think we're, yeah, we're going to get him dude. on sometime soon. I'm not exactly yeah. sure, but we'll get him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's, he's awesome. So we were speaking to him the other day and we were saying, you know, it's so easy. 
people on the conservative or the freedom movement side are so desperate for anything that that's why we get grifted so easily. Sometimes you see people come in and they're like, yeah, I'm totally pro gun and I'm right wing. Everybody's like, yes. Here. Oh my God. It's it. Kanye. Kanye. Trump. Yes. He's the greatest thing ever. And then you're like, well, maybe, maybe he's not the best example to follow. I yeah. mean, if Kanye like, said he was pro gun, every yeah. single freaking manufacturer will send him some, some gun. Yeah. So yes, I'm like, right. you know, we got we got to pull. We still have to have some standards here. Not that Kanye is bad or anything, but you know what I'm saying? You know, yeah. think about like, don't just accept people. We're breaking. Value. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. Oh, no, actually, we didn't go for break. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I need to insert a break here. <laughs> My bad on that. Yeah. But, you know, you're right, man. I think that, you know, it, it it's not to knock the fact that if Kanye came over, you know. Yeah. It would be cool if he saw that light or whatever, if anyone does. But that we tend to overreact to things, and the things mm -hmm. that are super important we don't do well enough. And it's a shame. It's a shame that there's so many talented people um, that are out there speaking for the gun community and the Second Amendment uh, rights of people, the right for Americans and people around the world to defend themselves. And we're just not, you know, as a whole, I, I don't know, like, I don't want to say the industry because I guess even though all the money is there, they're not 100% responsible or whatever community. It's a shame that the world that we live in is structured where people only get recognition for like weird parts of this, you know, and we fetishize everything. So mm -hmm. if, if it's like some Navy SEAL dude, we'll fetishize him. And I'm not, hey, those guys deserve their kudos, but we overdo it. And then there's a bunch of other people over here who we don't give any kind of love you know, no kind of kudos to, no kind of rewards, no kind of like, okay, good job. This is what we're going to do to to help push you forward. Um, you know, that's not a recipe for success. No, definitely not. You know, so um, I know, I know, I know I'm getting a little. But listen, 42, 43 people in one category. Come on. <laughs> They gotta yeah. work. They gotta work on it. They gotta work on it. Well, yes, and they I, tell I, me that. I think there's ways they yeah. could do this. We could use technology and make it better. What do, what do you say? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely think so. Uh, yeah. I think they're still new too, and they they're trying to figure it out. And uh, and I think they want to give people a lot of just a shout out to to grow it, and hopefully it'll get better once it gains more traction. Yeah. So, so in this last segment that we have here, man, I want to take some time. We're in January, you know. We got a whole year in front of us. What, what's your predictions for the year? What are you looking forward to? What do you think is going to happen? You know, what do you think we should be up on or find out more about or look more into? What, what, do you, what are your thoughts? Well, I, I think that we have to maintain constant vigilance. I think that people are starting to wake up with everything that all the COVID tyranny that occurred over the last two years. And there's definitely a fatigue. You're starting to see that even the people involved uh, and the government are starting to let, you know, let, uh, let loose some of the facts there and starting admitting to things that, uh, they weren't willing to, that were called conspiracy theories before that people mm -hmm. would get banned off of Twitter, YouTube for even mentioning mm -hmm, mm -hmm. now are becoming the official. Line, are those people so going to come back though? Are those people going to come back and get their followings or their voice back? You think? Uh, I think that some people, well, I think I saw that I was just looking that C, uh, CNN lost 90% of its key audience. Oh, wow. Really? So, How many percent? Yeah, that's the headline. Yeah, 90%. Wow. So I 90%. think that we're starting to see a backlash here. I think, look, I think when you saw that when, when Rogan had Dr. Robert Malone on his show, 
when you saw the ratings, they came out with a chart that showed that he had like 11 or 11 or 14 million. One of those numbers, uh, it doesn't really matter because it's still five times higher than the closest, uh, primetime show, which was Tucker Carlson. He had like 2.9 million viewers mm-hmm. to Rogan's like more than 10 million. Yeah. I was looking, at, every I other, was looking at some stuff about this guy. Yeah. And every other channel and every other channel news channel. First of all, Fox had out of the top six, Rogan obviously was number one. The rest of the top six, the other five were all Fox news programs. Mm-hmm. And after that, it was all CNN and MSNBC and they were less than like 2 million viewers. Mm-hmm. So I think we've seen the downward trend. I think I just saw in the background here, the Trump's, uh, I mean, not Trump, uh, Biden's approval rating is down to 33%. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think, yeah, I think now once you start people that I'm going to take your job away, if you don't listen to me, if you don't take this drug that doesn't even work very well at this point, mm-hmm. uh, that uh, for some reason, Pfizer, for they can hide their data on it for 75 years until now a judge is telling them, no, you have to basically release yeah. this within the Also, months. there's a significant number of people who have injuries because they took these things. Yeah. I'm not saying everyone's going to get that. I don't believe that. But, you know, there, you know, there are people who are going to have injuries. It's kind of crazy. The, the whole thing that's happened here. So you think we're yeah. going to get like a, you think, do you think we're going to get a red wave? That's going to be the signal of a pushback or are we going to get actual like pitchforks and torches in this country? I think, I think it'll be a red wave. So I, I know I've always been pretty pessimistic on the course of the country. I think I'm not sure where we go. I don't know if, I don't think that we will go into a civil conflict yet. I think that if they were to maintain the COVID tyranny and if Biden really, like let's say the Supreme Court goes against the vax mandates and they screw us over and then Biden goes all in on that. I think that that has a heavy risk. And it's funny because Andrew Yang basically came out with a tweet and, you know, he ran for the Democrat mm-hmm. Party for a president. And he mm-hmm. said pretty much that by the end of this year, this all has to be done. And I think he almost implied that after three years, people are going to start rebelling and, it's, mm-hmm. and it might be a violent rebellion. So it's at this point, politicians need to be very careful and they need to start weighing their options and realize you might be able to get away with this in blue states, but you'll never be able to do it in red states or federally. So I think if they can't do anything federally, you'll never, you won't see a conflict because I think people like, just think of, of a perspective. If, if your life is good in Florida and Texas, do you care that people in New York city have vaccine passports? No, that's their problem. That's why we voted the way that we did in in our. I think it's place. it sucks. It sucks because I live yeah. there. It sucks because I in in the time I lived there from the eighties to the late nineties, and I cannot believe personally that people living in New York, regardless of what their political um, affiliations are or whatever, that they're going for shit like that. But look, the new mayor of New York said that he's going to let uh, non citizens vote in New York. Yep. So what's what's the freaking point? No, there is no point. There's no country yeah. if you don't have uh, if if you allow non-citizens to vote. Uh, I don't care if they live there. I don't care if they're legal. If they're not citizens, they don't get to vote. That's just the way that it works. Yeah. Because then you're going think about what you can have happen. Those if if they start getting to a, a majority or let's say that they all vote with the left, they're going to vote for a welfare state because it's going to benefit them. And can you imagine you're you're allowing people that don't necessarily pay taxes to vote on things that will, that uh, are funded by taxpayer money. Yeah. That's just insane. That's insane. Now, obviously there are a lot of people that don't pay taxes that are citizens, but that's a different story. You know, they're at least citizens and so the benefit stays there. The idea, 
the idea that you can vote in New York City if you're not a if you're not a citizen of of America that you can vote in New York City is antithetical to an organization. Yeah. Now that might seem crazy, like well, I mean, not an organization to a civilization, right? Yeah. Or even a community that might seem like oh, but that's kind of mean. Why do people have to do that? Because there has to be a line. There's either a line or there's no line. Okay. There's either order or there's chaos. If there's no line and I see that, oh, people can just come here and vote. Well, I'm just going to bully my way through everything. I'll be, well, fuck it then. If I've got guns, I'm going to control who's, who's running things. Right. Mm -hmm. So we, this is the, this is the agreement that we have as a society, as a civilization. Like, hey, dude, there's a line for this. You're not going to just cut in front of everyone. So I'm, I, I'm, I am an immigrant. <laughs> I told you that in the beginning of this thing that we, my family came here to America. I didn't have complete status. I lost out because of it. It didn't make my life worse. <laughs> yeah. I was well, happy I to just, be here. I, I've just know? never understood the audacity of the left in this country when you look at even European countries that are progressive and their immigration laws are much stricter. Australia, obviously, before COVID, now they're insane. But even yeah. before then, it was extremely difficult to immigrate to those countries, they had a very high standard and it's because they understand even Bernie Sanders before he got into all this BS, he said that open borders was a Koch brothers conspiracy. So that it was the right wing because they wanted cheap labor and the chamber of commerce wanted it because even Bernie Sanders back in the day, he understood as a socialist, I can't let millions of people come into this country if I'm going to give universal health care to the and American then give everybody citizens, everything unaffordable, th then why would we do anything? Yeah, why would it, we do anything? Even he understood it's unaffordable. Now he's a total hypocrite and he sold out on that idea. But that was one of the smart things that he said. I was like, wow, my God, Bernie actually told the truth. That's crazy. And a lot of people on the right don't like to hear that now, too. Mm -hmm. I think that the president of the Chamber of Commerce just came out the other day and she said she would like double the amount of legal immigrants in the United States. And I was like, so. Because our job market is imploding, uh, you want companies want cheaper labor instead in the United States. So, I, I mean, look, at some point we, we do have to figure something out because obviously China uses essentially slave labor. So American products are always going to be more expensive. But my, my strategy would be, and this is something that actually my old dad really, really thought of. He's like, why is it that we export everything to China? and we have an illegal immigration problem, even if we can never really bring all these jobs back to the United States because U.S. labor is just way too expensive, how about we take it to South and Central America and build factories there instead? Because it will be a dual benefit. One, you'll be benefiting countries that don't hate us, that are in our hemisphere, that are connected to us. And two, if the economies of those countries thrive more, you will have less people that want to come to the United States illegally because they won't have to. Mm -hmm. So we still get the benefit of getting products that are more inexpensive. You can bring some products back to the U.S. Like I think high technology products definitely have to come. We've to the kind US, of, like I think we've manufacturing. Kind of, yeah, we've kind uh, of been doing that, right? A lot of American cars are made in Canada or Mexico. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I and I think the reason why we're not seeing that more is a lot of like I'm from Guyana. That's a socialist country. They can call it whatever they yeah. want. Um, and there's a lot of socialist, communist um, things, places like that. I think if those countries really wanted to do better and step like stepped up and truly embraced it, I think the problem we have is they don't they, they don't really do it. Right. A lot of other countries around the world would like they pay lip service to that and then mm -hmm. they take stuff and also pay lip service to the crap from a lot of these other like European nations that are, you know, that are trying to do things. So I think 
I think that that's true and that would be better. And I even agree that obviously, you know, people know we make better things. Um, I was looking yeah. at something, I'm into watches and they were talking about uh, Swiss made, right? So if you like the, what's the pinnacle of watches, the Swiss made watches, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and the funny thing is that made in Switzerland is actually way under made in America. Like the rules for made in America are more strict wow. than, than the rules for made in Switzerland. You can look it up. You know, the, the, the rules for Maine in Switzerland is, yeah, about 60, 70 percent of this stuff has to be, you know, technically assembled here. But it can come from stuff can come from somewhere like made in America. If you look up the made in America rules, it says this must be mostly like yeah. 90, 90 something percent made everything, everything. The parts made here, assembled here in order for it to be called made in America. So we mm -hmm. are. We are a better thing, and I think there's a lot of examples around the world of people liking and wanting what we make here in America. It's just how we go. We don't market it properly. Yeah. You know? Well, and I think that Americans do need to accept that we do need to buy more American-made products because China is going to own us because of that, especially when it comes to chip manufacturing and things like mm -hmm. that. We really have to step that up uh, in the future. And I think that we have to be willing to accept, not because of inflation, but if you want American-made products, they're going to be a little bit more expensive, but they're going to be worth the cost. And I think that we need to move you know, more towards focusing on the quality of goods that are produced in the United States so that people know, okay, I can get something in China that might be half the cost, but it's also going to last less than half as long, yeah. uh, less reliable. So I, I think, think some really states need to be worked on. Some states need to do that. I don't know if the real, if the true like heart that it's going to take to do it. But there's some states just should just go, fuck it. We are going to let me let me tell you something. You know, this chip thing, when it started, they were like, this is just going to go for two mm -hmm. years or it might go for a year or a couple of years. I could tell you right now, when I talk to dealerships, they tell me this situation is not anywhere near to getting better. It's not, you know, they just cannot. The chip thing is in a horrible state. How, how the hell is that possible? Yeah, it's because we outsourced it and we didn't want, oh, it's multiple reasons. We outsourced things to the point where they became cheaper for companies. And also we, as the United States has increased its environmental regulations, there's certain mining that we don't want to do. Mm -hmm. Lithium mining is pretty dirty. It's the, it's the not so hidden secret of electric cars that lithium is usually mined in pretty, pretty horrible conditions. And we get a lot of it from China. We mm -hmm. have huge lithium deposits in the U.S. We need to re-tap into that. I think partially was the Chinese basically bought us out. They underbid us and we didn't want to deal with the mining regulations that you have to deal with in the U.S. Mm -hmm. I think once we get over that, our mineral deposits are big enough. I know that we, uh, we're trying to bring some chip manufacturing back. I think Intel is. But that's what makes Taiwan a huge problem right now. Do I think that the U.S. should 100% protect Taiwan from a st strategic perspective? If Taiwan didn't manufacture chips, then I would say no. Yeah, uh, and because I'm over, I'm over, I'm over the U.S. having to defend True. everybody. I think if we mm -hmm. want to sell ridiculous weapons to other people, we can totally do that. If you want to buy all, it's kind of how Trump was. We'll sell you big, beautiful weapons, but if you want our troops around, you're going to have to pay us a lot of money. I'm almost like I don't even want you to pay us money for our troops. I don't want American lives involved in foreign countries that aren't our direct allies. Mm -hmm. So Taiwan, unfortunately, that's where I think 80 percent of chips are manufactured. So from a strategic perspective, until we build our own factories, we almost have no choice, but we have to defend Taiwan. Because if Taiwan is gone and the Chinese own it, that's it. They basically yeah. 
have the vast majority of chip manufacturing in the entire world, and we're going to sit here for like 10 years before we can uh, catch up to them, which would be awful. Same reason point, we, we have to defend Saudi Arabia, man. Yeah. Well, you know? I mean, this. yeah, it's, it's I, I think mean. Saudi, see, that's another problem, though. We have so much oil in the U.S. The problem I agree. Is, we have so much natural gas that we don't even need oil. Well, we can and, run and vehicles pe- that exist off of yeah. compressed natural gas, and we and, won't and, even and, need that. And too many voters on the left just don't understand. We are not going to lessen our use of gasoline for like one or two decades. Let's be perfectly honest. It's not going to happen because one, there are too many cars. A lot of people keep cars for more than 10 years, especially people that they can't afford to buy a new car. Electrical cars are still more expensive than a gasoline car. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be unaffordable for a lot of people. Logistically, there are some areas where charging infrastructure would be almost impossible to do. Think of cities that have sidewalk street parking and think about the amount of infrastructure you'd need to get if you need to put superchargers basically where every single parking meter is. Yeah. That's see, massive. I see massive. I, I see the electric car thing kind of like it's similar to Starlink. We were talking about Starlink that I have it. I mm-hmm. live out in the boonies. Starlink is not for everyone. Starlink, I think I was looking at something where they said even if the capacity of what Starlink, the people that Starlink could serve is somewhere between four mm-hmm. and eight million. I mean, I think AT&T is giving people like, you know, high speed um, Internet in, um, you know, in the cities or close to the cities. Like, what are they? AT&T is 20 million. Some other companies mm-hmm. are 40 million or whatever. So it's great, though. It's a great idea for people out in the boonies like oh, yeah. myself. And it's the same thing with electric cars. They are expensive. But believe it or not, electric cars that I see electric cars as something that I'm less likely to switch up. Um, mm-hmm. for, and for example, especially Tesla, you know, because it, you can really and truly, the, there's not a lot of moving parts, so it lasts mm-hmm. longer and it's software upgrades. So you can yeah. upgrade the software and get things over having to get a whole new car. And the few parts that you might have to change, like tires or whatever, is not a big deal. And you mm-hmm. can spruce up things and make it better. So, and it, but it also electric cars works for people like us out in the boonies, we have a charging station right here at the house. Lola yep. can go up and down and charge right here when everyone else is suffering with gas prices or whatever. And whether people want to accept this or not, gas prices are kind of subsidized in America versus what's happening in other places around the world. Oh, yeah. They, they should really and truly our gas prices should be something like something between six and eight dollars a gallon. Um based on what's happening in other places, right? And mm-hmm. based on how we're actually um, getting this gasoline. So I think it works for people in the boonies, especially with the range, you yeah. know? So our Tesla has like a 300-mile range. Lola, you know, she's commuting. It's about 30, 40 miles uh, each way, so 80 miles a day, maybe 100. So she can do that for a couple of days but and then charge up here. Mm-hmm. You know, and then every now and then maybe charge somewhere else. But I agree with you. If you're in the city, where are you going to put that car? Yeah. Much less charge it. <laughs> I mean, I see in, in like even in the apartment uh, complex that we live in, there's two there's two electrical car chargers. There are like seven electric cars in this in this uh, mm-hmm. parking garage. Mm-hmm. And one of the chargers is broken and it has yeah. been broken for months. <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, I wouldn't be able to own an electric car here because I could never guarantee that my car would be fully topped off because there's eight other people that want to use the same charger. Yeah. So I was like, that that just sucks. 
Yeah, so LB Louis Cipher says if the power grid goes down, guess what? You're hitchhiking. No, no. Well, I've got well, we've I got mean, generators. We could, uh, you know, well, yeah, I, we, we could we could create electricity off of of natural gas, propane, or whatever. Yeah, and, so that's and, not and the true argument that I would make with that is: look, we've been through enough hurricanes to know the gasoline runs out too. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. you 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 might be equally hosed of the gasoline car. Yeah. Now, if things are really bad, you're probably not going anywhere. Yeah. If they're that bad. Yeah, uh, that's what I would say. But you can always get like you can get solar panels if you want, if you mm-hmm. want to go all in. Mm-hmm. Obviously, with a gas powered car, you can the one thing that you can do that you can't do with an electric car is that you can carry extra fuel with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Tesla made it so that you could like tow another battery behind you and not lose that much efficiency, that would be kind of cool. I yeah. think like you just attach. I would never not have an. I would battery. never not. I would never not have a gas powered car. That's the thing oh, I yeah. would say about that. But I think, you know, electric cars have everything has look you know like you don't have one kind of gun you have multiple kinds of guns this is the thing and and everything every situation doesn't fit every person you know i think some things there are things that will work better for people in the city you know the things like uh where you don't really own a car but you know maybe it's there when you need it or smaller cars or whatever it is that will work for people in the city but i'll tell you what i I never want to live in a city again work for a lot of people yeah yeah exactly Mm -hmm. But I never, I never want to live in a city, but there are no people way. who want to do it, you know? So knock yourself out and go do that because you need to do it. But I think that, the, you know, one of the things about living out in the country, I, I can't live anywhere else. And one of the things is you start to learn and think about ways to be independent. I would put up solar panels at some point here, and that's in my plan, but I would build a, a battery housing or whatever and store We've got a lot of sun here. That's why I would do it. And I would store some of that and then use it. But I would also at the same time put a whole home generator and run it off of propane because there's a crap ton of that. I could put a massive tank here that I could probably run the house for a month. You know, and then the cool thing about look at the new F-150 Lightning. You can get it so that it can be the generator for your house if the power goes out. Mm -hmm. So it will use its battery charge to charge your stuff. That's awesome. You know what's funny? Tesla's first came out with that and people didn't use it. But once again, it's because where are those people and what were they doing? That's something I would use. I would like to be able to have something like that, that if my car is fully charged, but the power goes out, it just goes, boom, let me kick kick the house on. I mean, it makes sense. Ford knows that that's something that Ford's buyers, especially if a pickup truck would appreciate. They're thinking, they're Um, thinking. We don't know. They might eliminate that for the same reason that Tesla wound up eliminating it. If you don't use things, they go away. You know, this is the thing that happens. We like we might think things are practical, but most people are sheep. <laughs> yeah. And most people don't get why that's practical and therefore they don't do it. So, um, you know, and all of that being said, I can't wait. I would love to get a cyber truck. And I think the cyber truck is going to have that ability, if I'm not mistaken. It probably will. It should. Yeah. Yeah. And if it oh. if, if it didn't, I'm sure they saw Ford with the lightning and Elon was like, we got to do it. Just add it. Who cares? It's not a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, that's why I got this van. This van has a generator and it has batteries, by the way. So I can I can do a whole bunch of stuff like that, man. I could plug stuff up to it. I can I can go in it if things get tough or whatever. I can move and go off somewhere. So I know not everyone could do that, but that's why the van life is awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So listen, man, as usual, this is why like I was really glad you were coming on today because I knew I was when I started this, sh- you know that, right? I was in rough shape. <laughs> yep. 
Yeah, but we get along pretty good, man. Whether it's me always. and you yeah. or me, you, Joanne. There's like some people that you always, you know, I feel that way with K- with KD, Walter, and Patrick, a whole bunch of folks out there. So we're at the end of the show here. We're gonna we're gonna wrap this up. I want to take this opportunity. We're gonna have you come back. I'm gonna run in the end, but I'm mm-hmm. gonna come back with the words of wisdom. But I really want to take this opportunity to ask everyone who's listening to this on audio, who's watching it live right now, watching it later on YouTube. Can you guys please go subscribe to Latinos Locked and Loaded, right? Locked and Loaded Latinos. Oh, man. <laughs> Mess it up again. Locked and Loaded Latinos on YouTube. That's where they need to go? Locked and Loaded Latinos. Yes. Please go over there to YouTube. I would like to see these guys hit that milestone of 1,000 subscribers. Um, it's, a, it's, it's a good, fun show um, for you guys to, you know, don't just subscribe and then don't watch it or participate in it um some really if, if you like this conversation trust me it's a it's an awesome conversation over there and then you get to look at joanna who when she gets real riled up gets extra cute so <laughs> you can't beat that man you know that i'm not lying right it's true yes absolutely so um here know, t- uh, t- tell the folks where you want them to go and how they can follow you guys go ahead what are you gonna yeah. say yeah, well, I know Lola brought up Star Wars. Uh, oh, there, I know we didn't get a chance to talk about <laughs> yes. it. But if anybody wants to check out, and since we're plugging ourselves, uh, I did have a segment that's about ten or twelve minutes long that I clipped out of our last episode on a rant of why I think Star Wars is dead. So mm-hmm. if you want to know what my opinion is, I already have it out there, and you guys can check it out. Very it's good. It's at uh, Locked and Loaded Latinos. Um, that's uh, end with an ampersand, so not spelled out. Uh, it's youtube.com slash C slash lock loaded Latinos. You can find us on all the social media, uh, on that tag. I'm Puerto Rican Pistolero. If you want to just follow me and if you want to follow Joe, she's Latina locked and the letter N loaded, locked and loaded. Absolutely. Uh, by the way, I think the book of Boba Fett is pretty good. It's better than the movies. Yeah, um, you think so? Yes. And the Mandalorian was good. I, I don't know, you know, and I, uh, I was actually paying for it and canceled it, but I have Disney anyway because of my uh, one of the cell phones we have to use for this podcast. Here's, <laughs> so here's, I have free Disney. That's the only reason why they see. Otherwise, I would just totally be pirating that stuff if I wanted to look the, at it. Here's the brief thing that I can say before before we go mm-hmm. is. No. OK, so all of this stuff now is taking place before the, the newer movies, seven, eight and nine. Mm-hmm. So just think to yourself. Eventually, it's going to get to the point where Han Solo's a deadbeat dad who gets killed. Luke Skywalker's a, some cynical bum who gave up on the Jedi Order, drinking milk from some weird creatures. So it doesn't matter what happens in the Mandalorian or anything like that. Luke Skywalker still turns out to be a punk, and Star Wars sucks yeah. in the end. So uh, I'm know, like, it's, it's true it unless they retcon they it. It's true unless yeah, they, they retcon it. Which they is, have they have to basically yeah. retcon those movies and mm-hmm. reset, and then they could do it. But I think if they if that's always the future, it'll always be in your head like. Doesn't matter if Luke Skywalker shows up on The Mandalorian; he's a punk. They turn mm-hmm. him into a punk. Yeah, I agree with you. It's um, it's kind of sad what happened there. Absolutely, I agree with you on that. You know, um, I don't. You know, it makes me think Lucas wasn't that creative in the first place. I mean, first of all, he stole everything from Dune. All of this stuff you can track back. On oh, Seven Samurai, a lot of it is is based on a lot of different things. It's like The Matrix, where it's like yeah, all the sci-fi stuff is from Dune, though. Every single thing, yeah. every single mm-hmm. thing in there is from Dune. But it was tougher to actually get Dune done. This this a whole other this a whole other thing which we got to do. We're gonna have movie nights uh, this year, so we yes. should probably get you in on a movie night. 
Yeah, uh, and that's something that we've been wanting to do on our uh, on our New Year's or the episode before New Year's. We actually had Beth Alcazar from USCCA. Mm -hmm. uh, she's like Joe's best friend now. Mm -hmm. uh, they're super close, and Jay and Argo Jayon, and we pretty much talked for four hours and we talked movies and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And everybody told us like you guys should do this like once a month. Mm -hmm. So absolutely, were, yeah. We we may not do it once a month, but if we can get a few people to do it, we might do it uh, every couple months. Absolutely, man. It's it's always fun. Movies. Yeah. I think that kind of breakup is a fun thing. Okay, so listen, let me run the end in here, and then I'm going to come right back with um, with uh, Puerto Rican Pistolero is going to give us words of wisdom. Big thanks to everyone watching us, hanging out here with us. We really appreciate you guys for finding us over here, coming over here. If you're watching or listening to this and you want to do it live, it's on Utreon. All right, let me run in the end. All right, guys. <laughs> Thanks so much. Uh, we do rip the audio out of this and throw it up on iTunes and all your other favorite places to listen to audio podcasts. You can get us on Audible, on Amazon, um, just anywhere. You can actually go. We wouldn't be able to keep the Who Moved My Freedom podcast going without thing there. Wrong thing. Went to the wrong <laughs> thing. Yeah, um, I do that every single time. Um, so we, you can actually go to HankStrange.com and listen to the podcast if you want to. But we're on Amazon, we're on Audible, a whole bunch of different places if you want to listen while you're driving to work or working or whatever. Okay, Rolando, my friend, words of wisdom. Uh, just stay vigilant out there. There are going to be a lot of people that are going to start waking up. Uh, and it could be difficult to, uh, to not feel any mercy for a lot of the people that have, uh, that have been blind over the last few years. But... Uh, Try to be patient with them. You can do a little bit of what I told, uh, a little bit of I told you so, but try not to be too mean about it if you think that there are people that really are sincere, like, I, we just got duped, man. Like, we got owned, and I just, I totally didn't see past the rage that I had for Trump or for whatever reason, and now I realize, like, yeah, it sucks. So be willing to bring those people in. Uh, there are a lot of potential people that are going to wake up, and, uh, yeah, show them the way in and, and see if you can help them out. Absolutely. Well said. Good points. All right, guys, we're out of here. Thanks so much to everyone. Let me press the buttons. Hold on. I got to press a bunch of buttons.